Ryan Dunleavy, artist of Action Philosophers, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> oh, David. I... Con Robusto. Ready? Yeah, that's Ready? whack, dude. Oh, my What's God. <laughs> All right, so he could be teased, but I'm whack. All right, whatever. All right, ready? Yeah. You're all very you pretty. You are the whipping boy. That's true. Go ahead, count me down. Go, oh, Sammy. You're not, you're not going to count me down. That was you it. can do it whenever you want. Oh. No, you're the boss. You're the boss. <laughs> You get the bear tone from that one. Yeah, it was great. I gotta figure out how to work in that banter because I like that. Nice. That was fun, wasn't it? You're swinging it back Yes. You know, it seems the more intense and and uh, comment worthy our episodes are, the less people comment on them. I don't get it. It's very true. I would say that uh, for the most part, when we have guests and we come away thinking that it was it's so weird. Then we're just like, yeah, remember that part in, you know, Jaws when the chunk comes up out of the water and you get like 50 messages on exactly. that. Exactly. Right, yeah. And we will that's not something that a lot of enjoy overhearing as much as they enjoy overhearing us chit chat bullshit over stuff that they'd hear us at a conference. But tonight should be a big time. I agree. We're going to have 15 pages by tomorrow on this. We might. We might. But I do love the process talk. Man, especially when you got somebody like Ryan Brown sitting in with you. Well, I think our, our, uh, like we talked about last week, our numbers would indicate that uh, we're handling the transition well. I think the audience is pleased, and and I think we've given them a little taste of all the different facets of uh, uh, of our our breadth of interests, and and uh, tonight will be a a a topic night, which we haven't had in a couple couple weeks. Yes, yes. And actually, if if Vince bothers to come up with any, because right, yeah, I think yeah, this is going to be. I could talk about comics in my Dave David and I are going to be talking most of the time. And I have, before we get into the topic, um, th- there's something that I, I wanted to mention once we get rolling. And it, it, it stems from a conversation, a Twitter conversation that Sean Pryor and I had last night as the store woke him. me up. Sean is the best. I love Shout him. Shout out. We need to have him on. I also, I'm, I think I'm getting a little bit over my head in the, uh, the Facebooks. Really? I love the Facebooks. You, Why? you don't love Facebook messaging, but you do love the Facebooks. I know, right? I love the... Uh, that wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love the amount of art available to me on the Facebooks. Yeah, no, it's insane. It's true. I don't love the man. I hate, you know, Gouda because I don't like those posts, but I do love the art. Yes. So, hey, everybody. Hey. Look at... Yes, it's 11 o'clock comics, episode 324, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. And hi. Hi. Godzilla says hi. He's like my little dog. That's how big this figure is. He sits next to my desk, and he's like at least two feet high. Love him. Love him. I'm, 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 I'm David A. Price. 
Oh, you. And I, of course, am Melvin Ferd the Third. No, you're not. You're not Melvin Ferd the Third. That has a beautiful lilt to it, doesn't it? Yeah, that is. Melvin, should I? Yes, am you I should. Melvin Ferd the Third. You to make you okay. smile. Ah, you're gonna tax me. Ah. His arch nemesis is Peter Belgoody. Dude, I, who are you? Oh, dude, I'm the Toxic Avenger. All right. Oh, see, I, God damn it. <laughs> He's so focused you're on pushing, this shit. You're, you're pushing my mind in a different direction, and I'm thinking comics, and I'm not registering, and yes, Lloyd Coffin's Toxic Avenger. Thanks. You, you're not Melvin for, do you know how the Toxic Avenger got his powers? I've seen the, I've seen several of the, of the films. How many? Cause there's four. Uh, I think two. The first uh, one and one other one. I don't know what the other ones would be. They're they're uh, currently in cahoots making the fifth one. I don't know how really? that's going. Cahoots. Yeah. yeah, I could. I had a chance to be on the set for the fourth one, and okay. I didn't take it. Well, you know, he's the first superhero from New Jersey. New Jersey, right? That's quite a boon. Quite hey. a boon to New Jersey. You're not the Toxic Avenger. Let's do it upright. You are Jason Wood, everybody. Do not have to be dunked headfirst into a vat of toxic waste to get cheap comic books. No. All you have to do is go to DCBService.com, discount comic book service, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at massive discounts, such as, I just compiled this list minutes before connecting with Mr. Price tonight, from the Dark Horse. The opening two salvos in the commingling of the Aliens, Predator, and Prometheus universes. It's called Fire and Stone, both uh, Aliens and Prometheus. The Aliens book is written by Chris Roberson, with art by Patrick Reynolds. The uh, Prometheus book is written by Paul Tobin. Nice. With, with art by Juan Ferreira. And they're three fifty a piece, but you can get them for a buck seventy five a piece. And I am in. I'm in head As first on. Yes, because I want more aliens books. Mm-hmm. I missed it. I missed the franchise. So check it out, Dark Horse. From Drawn and Quarterly. A very special discount for what I'm gonna assume is a very special book because I read the first one and it was awesome. And I'm sure this will be more of the same. From Gilbert Hernandez. This is a continuation of the stuff he did with Marble Season, uh, OGN. It's called Bumperhead. And the cover price is $21.95. But you can take it home for 45% off that. $12.07. Good God, why wouldn't you? And uh, last but not least, we talked this book to death when it came out, the, the first volume. We didn't talk too much about the second volume. It's from Charles Burns. It's uh, coming out of Pantheon. It's the third and final book in the Crossed Out, uh, of the Crossed Out stories, or X'd Out, whichever you want to say. I'm sure both are valid. This one's called Sugar Skull, and it's going to finish the story. And I think I nailed it right out of the gate, but I'm going to wait till I read it. Its uh, cover price is 23 smackers. Your price, $12.65. That's 45% off. You're not even going to get it that cheap at Amazon. I'm serious, people. Go to DCBService.com and get your books. You will save money. It's just it's just smart comic book buying. Do it. DCBService.com. 
The best. Yeah, you. Well done. Thanks. I picked the books that I'm most excited for. Nice. I always do, but I try and mix it up. This time I'm like, screw it. I'm just picking the ones that yeah. re- resonate with me. Good. Not trying to make Ron happy this week. <laughs> <laughs> I love him too. Stuff. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do the drink thing and get into it because we got a we have an agenda. Meaty. Just a meaty agenda. And we have some live tweets too. Oh, look at that! Yeah. I missed the live tweets. That's, I shall miss them no more. That's right. Melvin Ferd brought him back, baby. So what are you drinking? I'm drinking Pepe Mac. You're so hard to figure out. Why? Weeks, weeks that, that I expect you to be drinking water or Pepe Mac, you're drinking liquor. Weeks that I think you're going to have liquor, you drink water or Pepe Mac. It's hard to figure out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm so hard to peg. Seriously. Doing a book dummy all day. That's fun. Hmm. That is fun. That's my idea of fun. Doing stuff like making book dummies. So I'm celebrating with a little bit of the, uh, the toxic swell. I'm celebrating. <laughs> celebrate. Alright, cool. David, how about you? Uh, well, this should come as no surprise. Uh, since it is only three of us tonight, I broke out some menage a trois. Oh, oh I see. There we go. Look at you, con- conceptual continuity. Respect. But it's always only the three. Well, we have no guests we, tonight. Guess, it's just yeah, right. It's, it's yeah. It's always, always us. Right, but it, if there were four people talking tonight, I don't think I'd have that. Just, it would. It wouldn't click. It would be Menage. Right, right. And oh, just God. like my great, great, Menage. great grandpappy Nathaniel would would have been doing back in his crib in 1829, I am drinking Yingling Lager. Wow, nice. I thought you were talking about backdooring a goat. <laughs> no, no, that was my Uncle Cleotus. <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> Yeehaw! Right. Squeal like a pig! <laughs> David, what did you want to uh, lead with? I, you no, this is one. something that I, I, um, it, it dawned on me last night and I know that, um, it, I, I'm not going to, um, I'm gonna to try to turn it around so that it doesn't sound like I'm 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 ragging on on DC. It, it's I, I realize that um, hmm. no no basically you know I'm, I'm not gonna say oh that's not my character. I, I don't I don't recognize the characters that I grew up with. The, you know this Superman is different. This Green Lantern is way different. The Wonder Woman is different. I, and Wonder Woman in this case is is great. But I'm not. I don't want to interrupt you, but I feel that I feel I I don't. I don't re- recognize this entire universe. Right. It's all strange to it me. Is. It is. And I and I know that may have been the point initially with the new 52, but it's it's it similar lot. it's similar enough where how do I put this? It it's based on what we knew before. So the similarities are right. there, but it's it's really odd and the choices they make are really strange and it just doesn't feel there right. There are things it's, that definitely feel editorially driven. And, and oh, like, a lot well, of it yes, does, yeah. But, but I mean, you know, you could have like Dan Slott has enough credit probably at Marvel where if you wanted to do something if you wanted to turn Spider Man into Otto Octavius, he can kind of get away with that. And, and, and that's not something that, you know, you think that 
an editor is like, hey, Dan, I want a bad guy to be Spider-Man for a year. Yeah. But, you know, that, I that felt organic. Though. Exactly. Whereas I don't really think like the changes with, with say, Harley Quinn are organic. That feels like that was Mark. So with the big two, and I, it, it's pretty much always been like this for with me, at least up until a couple of years ago. Um, I follow the characters with the big two. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not, you know, slighting. Ron Friends or, or Gil Kane or Mark Bright on Iron Man. I'm not, I don't, it's, it's Spider-Man, it's Hulk, it's, it's, um, it's the X-Men or Thor and, and, and with DC it was, you know, Superman, Batman, the Green Lantern. I follow characters. So it doesn't matter if Spidey's penciled by, by Kane or Romita or Ramos, um, or written by Stern, Slot, whoever. It, it's the character that I'm interested in. And then, hey, cool, I'm going to get to see this creator's take on my favorites and and run with it. But now with, with DC, DC now with the new 52, it feels like the indies. Where since I don't really want to follow these characters, I'm doing like I used to do with the indie books and I'm following the creators. I'm following... You know, Tom King or Will Pfeiffer or, or Justin yeah. Jordan. And I don't care where they land. I just want to read what they're doing. Right. And it's just, it's, it, it dawned on me yesterday that, uh, that, you know, it, it used to just be when I, when I would buy an indie book, it was because the creator interested me. Whereas Marvel or DC it was the character and, and it just, it, it's, and it's still pretty much that way. The same with me with Marvel. It's just DC now. I don't, I, I don't have a connection to the characters, so I'm going to, I'm not going to. It's a cool point. It's just, it, and, and, but Green Arrow, I mean, obviously it's not the same Oliver Queen from pre-New 52, but it's, it's a great, it's a great read. I mean, and, and I, I mean, Green Arrow is probably, cause I can't say Green Lantern anymore, but Green Arrow is probably the exception where I would still read a Green Arrow book. But I am absolutely loving what Lemire and and Andrea are doing on it. So isn't he leaving? Didn't he just tweet that oh, he's he, oh, he wrote his last he, issue or something? I think his contract right now. But yeah, or he didn't. He didn't you know, renew or exclusive. Oh. I don't. I, I don't. I saw the the mention about Lemire. I didn't. I didn't know what it entailed though. Right, and I and I like. I like that you figured that out, how you can just pick up books with creators instead of characters. But there's a real danger. And in this department, I do not give DC the benefit of the doubt at all. There's a danger of picking up a book like, say, Grayson, Mm -hmm. written by Tom King, and reading it for X amount of issues, only to be slammed headfirst into a crossover. Right. And because it's Grayson, it's going to... Once you're affiliated with the Bat Books, you're there's a lot to sure. tie into with that. So yeah, and that that is the the quickest turnoff for me is to be grooving on a book and and loving what's going on, only to have to read like say Harley Quinn next month to get the next part of this. And I don't want to do that. Although maybe uh, the other side of the coin, because now he's Grayson and and he's not. I'll say as affiliated, I didn't read the issue yet, but, but I wouldn't, because he is kind of like the super spy, he could be tied into other books in the DC universe and not just relying on Batman for the sales boost or, or the crossover right. connection. 
Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I don't really. Uh, we we kind of tend to talk about things we love here. That's why of late I, I haven't been There's talking no about much stuff, DC. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the usual suspects with us with DC. It is for Jason and I. It's Green Arrow or, or Wonder Woman. Um, but yeah, it's not, uh, you know, we really haven't talked about any of the, we, we actually, we enjoyed Cooter's work on the Superman titles, but you know, still it's, those yeah. aren't titles we're, we're reading month in, month out. When I, um, invest X amount of dollars in eight issues of a series, and the best thing I can come away with it was Art T. Bear's inking is phenomenal. Yeah. Not not to slight the inkers, but when I have eight issues of a book and the, the, the thing at the top of my stack is Art T. Bear's really great, there's a problem with this book. Yeah. You know? And it's just I, I don't understand how you mess up something like that with those names attached. How how, do, how does it turn sour like that? I don't get it. I really don't. So excited for that. And then it's just, whew, sorry. Whatever. But let's not bring it down. Right. Let's talk oh, about yeah. great, great stuff. Yes. Great. Well, so, uh, I was quiet on that because just, I, I think I'm in such a different place with DC than you guys ever were in the sense that I, I just, I read so little DC for such a long period of time that, uh, I don't feel any kind of attachment to any DC character to the point where I have a steadfast view of what makes them who they are. So, I don't, I don't think I've ever read a DC book and I've, and I've thought, no, that's not who that character is. Um, whereas with yeah. Marvel, certainly I have strong feelings about just about everybody. Which we'll uh, find out more about tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I totally, I go, totally get what you're saying, I guess I just, but I just coming at it from a different place. For me, right. it just was, was, I, I just haven't been engaged enough to, to stick around. Um, and I think through no fault of, 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 of the line, it's just, because I didn't have much of a particular affinity for a lot of the characters to begin with, it, it just it's going to be harder for them to hold me in place. And uh, and just one by one, they kept dropping off. Yeah. I mean, to be frank, I, I still buy Batman, but but I've I've completely lost interest in Batman thanks to uh, Year Zero. So I, I think that was a yeah. big big misstep on their part, frankly. Uh, I I agree. I agree. So. I just I just want to clarify one thing. I'm not beholden to what came before. I really enjoyed a lot of that stuff over the years. But if the changes were exciting and were enjoyable to read, I would have no problem mm-hmm. with with this new direction. Right. But there's a lot of stuff. It just it just confuses me where it's all coming from. It's it's not interesting at, at all to me, and I'm a lot of that. I mean, I feel bad that that's the case. I don't, I, which is the reason why I don't like talking about it because right, right, right. maybe they'll figure it out, maybe they won't. But I'm not going to invest any kind of significant dollars into finding out. Sure. Yeah. So our homework assignment, which we teased on the show last week and have been talking about for a few weeks, is uh, there's we and and many other people love to talk about different debates and best ofs and lists. And we're, we certainly have, have done that over the years, but I don't know that we've ever gone about talking about our favorite books or runs or issues from different decades. And uh, I wanted to preface before we jump into this conversation, two things for our listeners. One, uh, they're literally, this is a completely subjective conversation. So <laughs> there is, a very high likelihood that we are going to not mention 
some book that a we would probably have been happy to mention if it came into our minds and you guys will bring it up to us and we'll say oh yeah or maybe it didn't resonate with us as much as it did with you it doesn't make mean that we're besmirching that book just means it it just didn't wasn't top of mind for us in particular but it's in no way a condemnation of what y'all thought were your favorite books uh and then the second point is just that i think when it comes to pop culture, whether it be your favorite movies, your favorite music, your favorite books, your favorite comic books, there is a natural tendency to romanticize the stuff that you were first into when you became passionate on the medium. So it's why I love hip hop and my dad loves doo-wop, right? It's, it's, it's why, it's why people that are of a certain age swear that the Beatles are the best ever. And my kids probably could care. Well, and, and think, think that, that the Beatles are just an old group that dad romanticizes. So I bring that up because I think in, in our pre-show conversations, it's only natural as we go through this episode that for us, the late seventies to mid eighties was our golden era. It was the time when we came up. It's the time when we were first, becoming super passionate. It's the time when we probably read the most and that comics were the most important for us relative to anything else that we could spend our time on. So although I think we all are going to have lots to say about decades before and after, it's likely that the most passion, the most difficult to winnow down and the stuff that we're most ready to ramble on about will be that era. And again, it's not a condemnation of the eras that came before or after it. It's just, that was our era. Just like I know from talking to Julian Lytle this week for him, he was a nineties kid. So of course the nineties for him is this stuff. And, and my, my cousin that's just turned 17 for him, the stuff from the last 10 years is the stuff that he's going to always remember. It's just natural. So for us, we'll probably overemphasize the late seventies and the eighties. And, uh, again, that's not a condemnation of the other eras. It's just that that's the area that we know best and we're, we hold in the, in the highest regard. So. True. And, um, for me especially, but I, I have to give huge props, big thanks, uh, to three resources that helped me compile yes. my list. Uh, Mike's Amazing World of Comics, mm-hmm. uh, com. Uh, ComicBookDB, thank you very much, Chris. Mm-hmm. ComicBookDB.com. And, uh, John Jackson Miller's The Comics Chronicles at, uh, ComicCron.com. Yes. Very You paint, paint it forward. He's awesome. He is the man. That's why he's dead. I gotta say that. He's just one tick less than awesome, cause where's the 1970s column on the spreadsheet here? Well, don't forget, this is also, this is, I shared this with you guys, but this, this was, this isn't like, the 11 o'clockers where Jason, you know, spends all this time. And I mean, this was basically just my running list. And I figured I'd let you guys know what I'll be, some of the things I'll be yeah. talking about. And if it mm-hmm. may jog a memory or two, but it, it was by no, I mean, I just added Vince's tab tonight, but it was by no means something that, um, very helpful nonetheless. And because my seventies reading, uh, or, or the books I read that came out in the seventies, I did not read them. Really in the seventies. So I, I did not have a seventies column because mm-hmm. there'd be a half a dozen things in there. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't need a column for the Well, that brings right? up another interesting point because there are no rules here and we didn't discuss right. much. Pre- uh, for me, some of the things on my list, particularly going back into the early seventies and then the sixties 
obviously with the 60s and he's I was born in 74 are stuff that I read after the fact and then in things like the 80s 90s and even the aughts there are things on my list that I didn't necessarily read off the shelf but have since read and view in the context of everything else that came out around the same time chronologically uh, are my favorites so again I know there's it would have been perfectly logical to just go with what you were most passionate about at the time um, but for me, it was difficult to, to delineate that. So some things are things that I read then and were the hottest things for me at the moment. Other things are things that I have subsequently read and come to appreciate and think are worthy of consideration. But yeah, I, I went, I went literal. So if okay. I, I, it's on my list because it's on my 1980s list because I bought it from the newsstand on the spinner rack or from mm-hmm. the direct shop. In the 80s at that time. So like Avengers Forever isn't on my list because it came out in the 90s. I didn't read the hardcover until we were doing bullpen bolts. So there are some things where if I read it when they came out, probably. But I'm going by when they were released and and when they were new to me when they were new. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I mean we'll we'll just – I guess we'll make the point of of putting that into context as we discuss things. That's Uh, sneaky. All right, so All right. so it sounds like then, David, that you're not going to have much to say about the '60s then, because you weren't reading comics in the '60s. Correct. I mean, okay. I, I can I can add my two cents about you know the stories, but yeah, as far as what what moved me back then, no. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I have to say, I wasn't reading comics in the '60s either. I was probably eating them because <laughs> because I was born in '65, which you know, right? Okay. Uh, but I, if you're gonna cite a comic from the 60s, I think the big daddy grand poobah lord of all comics has to be what? Fantastic Four. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And I would agree with there that. I, I think that the, the, I think it's, at least for any, any fan of Marvel, it's fairly, fairly indisputable. I mean, yes. those first, those first 50 plus, well no, those first six, what, 60, 65 issues of, of FF were, were the petri dish for a vast majority of the things that are still in existence today in the Marvel universe. Yes. Yep. Um, I have on my list, I, I tried to just highlight a few runs again from the sixties, which obviously just to reiterate, I too was not reading comics then since I wasn't born, but, but I, I do hold very high regard having reread them many times. And, uh, I think Vince, you're right. FF as a whole has to be mentioned, but I highlighted the Galactus trilogy issues 48 through 50. Um, because I just think what, what? What's the matter? What was my What was my first issue of Fantastic Four? Forty eight, forty eight, right? Forty eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. forty eight, baby. So I think if if you look back and and think about what happened in those three issues and the, just the, the amount of unbridled creativity and the amount of characters and worlds and species and cosmic law that is still in play today in the Marvel U, uh, and and will be much of it will be front and center in 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 a major motion picture here in a couple of weeks. I. I uh, at least in terms of the roots of it all, I, I think you have to, that's, for the time, that was probably perfect comics. So. And for our time, it's perfect comics still. Yeah. That, that's, that's power. Yeah. yeah. That, the genius of those two men, and okay, I'll give Stan his due, nice. his name's on it, his name's on it, and, um, I just read a, uh, a piece on Stan where he was called the most um, underrated and overrated creator in the history of comics. I can buy that. And, and for, for both, you know, reasons. And I had to agree with a lot of them. I mean, Stan, for better or worse, is Stan. And, and we owe that man a, a, a lot. Uh, if only for his presence 
outside of the stories. That the, the character of Stan in the bullpen bulletins columns and the Marvel Universe proper, he was to me as a kid uh, at the time just as compelling as Ben Grimm or Johnny Storm or Reed. You know, Stan was a character. Mm-hmm. And I owe the man for that. He's a part of my childhood, like it or not. You know, Stan is there. So tip of the hat to Stan. Bigger tip of the hat. Genuflect. Kiss the ground for Jack. Tip of the hat to Stan. Definitely. Um, I have two other mentions in the same vein. <clears throat> One, uh, a book that I don't think collectively gets talked about anywhere near as much as it should, uh, particularly, again, for Marvel zombies such as ourselves, which is Strange Tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, that book was a rotating cast of, of, of creators and, and characters, but most of its life it was a double feature. You know, two different characters were, had ongoing storylines, but there were some astoundingly impressive, uh, stories in that and, and, and a, a treasure trove of characters. Um, and, and I, if I had to highlight a run for me that stood the test of time, it would be the Steranko Shield stuff. Uh, I just think that that stuff is golden. And, uh, and certainly holds up to anything that's ever been done in the medium. So. Right. Um, well, and we got to tip the hat. I'll say that again to the precursor of the Marvel Universe, which was the monster stories mm-hmm. that, that Stan did with, uh, Steve Ditko and Jack. And that laid a lot of the groundwork for what they later did with Fantastic Four. So they, they worked out all the kinks with those monster stories. And that's where we got Groot. Groot. Uh, who is currently commanding huge dollar signs in the back issue market. Indeed. Yeah. That book's out of my price range, frankly. Damn. That's expensive. <laughs> um, <laughs> and for me in the 60s last, but but definitely not least, uh, the man that is to this day my favorite comic book illustrator of all time, this was his first major run at Marvel, uh, and that's uh, Mr. John Buscema in his first of three runs on the Avengers. Uh, this would be when he teamed with Roy Thomas and it was basically issues 41 through 62. Uh, I, if I look back and, and like many people, I own the Omniboo of all the stuff, the archival material, and I've read much of it, uh, whether it be FF or Spidey or Avengers or all the stuff from back then. And I would say that, um, this period of the Avengers along with, um, the Spider-Man stuff from back then are to me the, the most readable in in as compared to current stuff it, i think they read well even today uh which you can't in all fairness say about a lot of the stuff that was written back then um i think it doesn't age well from a, a dialogue and pacing structure it's it's more nostalgic but but this adventure stuff and and that's really as much a credit to roy thomas in that regard as it is john but 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 that busema art is holy grail stuff for me and uh i still think of most of the characters in the Avengers as looking, those are my, my, those are my primary mental pictures of those characters are the way I saw when Busema drew them. So, uh, I got to give that some, some love. Yep. Uh, do we want to maybe on the EOC live tweets, shout out if anybody threw out anything from the sixties in particular, I can, uh, let me just, we got a lot of responses here. So, Let's give the people their due. It's hard to sort, uh, by decade, so let me just, uh, okay, our boy Rich, uh, I'm sorry, Rick Vance said, uh, his favorite book of the 60s was Cyborg 009. 
which I'm guessing was a, a manga Vince from back then. Yes. Okay. Uh, Mr. Jeffrey Flam said for him, the sixties were all about the Lee Ditko Spider-Man. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Our boy Julian Lytle, uh, whose ears are probably burning, uh, also says Amazing Spider-Man and Kirby Lee Fantastic Four, as well as Superman and Jimmy Olsen, uh, would be his 60s picks. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Superman in the 60s? Yeah, that's, that's rough, man. <laughs> well, not that's to Julian. A, that's cool. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, I, not not surprisingly, there isn't a ton of people chiming in on the '60s because many of us weren't reading comics back then. But let me just make sure I didn't miss anybody else here. Ah, I should have uh, mentioned it on Facebook. Oh yeah, let's see. You know, um, I, I while we're looking for this stuff, mm-hmm. I think aside from the fact that the the um, the Lee Kirby creation of the Marvel universe in the '60s. Uh, Put the kibosh on a lot of the stuff DC was doing in terms of you know uh, sales numbers. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, it was like kicking a puppy for for the two gentlemen because no DC uh, DC in the sixties, a lot of that stuff is whack. Mm. Uh, there, there's there's some really strong stuff in there, but it just seems like they were meandering in the sixties. There was really no. Um, it doesn't seem like there was a goal or there was a unified uh, trend in the 60s. Everything was all over the place. Like you had great books at DC. And I'm not I'm not crapping on the whole decade, but it just seems like they were lost. Like they had a plan for Superman from the beginning to tell a certain kind of story in the 60s. It just seems to go willy-nilly all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think the 60s are probably better defined by by Marvel if you're comparing yeah. to and the 50s would have been DC's territory for sure. Yeah, uh, okay, so two, two more. Paul Stevens, shout out Spider-Man from the 60s, and Dave Jordan, shout outs uh, Lee Kirby, Fantastic Four. So hey, you. I think that's about all we have here for the 60s. So I guess we should cede the floor to Vince for about the next 25 minutes. <laughs> As we move into his favorite period of time, uh, the, like, the, the 70s. Like Jason said. Um, our golden ages are the the first uh, encounter with comics, and the Bronze Age for me is my golden age. It, it's it's the the time when Marvel bit me, uh, and and injected the venom, and I have been head over heels with, in love with Marvel since. And it's because of the Bronze Age. There were so many great books in in, in that era. That is my Spider Man. Bronze Age Spider-Man, I, I, you know, gotta give props to, to Ditko and what he did, but Ross Andrew is my spot, sp- and Mike Esposito on inks. That is my amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Jer- Jerry Conway is my favorite Spider-Man writer. Just because that's when I encountered the character and those stories were magic for me then. Right. Um, even on Fantastic Four, uh, Buckler and Sinna, Rich Buckler did great work on Fantastic Four. I'm, mean, you know, in comparison to the king, yeah, maybe a little weak, of course. Any, mm-hmm. Anyone would be. But on his own, th- those Buckler issues are great. And then you had Johnny kicking it with Crystal and just crazy stuff with the Inhumans. And it was nuts. The Silver Surfer popped up every, it seemed every year sure. in, in the 70s. Um, then you had the Marvel magazines, Monsters Unleashed and, and uh, Vampire Tales and Dracula Lives and even the ads. 
those Gaspar Saladino ads that you would see in the color comics, I love those. Uh, those are time machines. Instantly transport mm-hmm. me back. Yeah. You know? I, I have never read a 70s book that I did not absolutely love. I'm not saying they're all great. I'm just saying everyone I, I've read, I've loved. Right. right. Yeah. And Comics Book came out in the 70s. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was the, the book that really hit me upside the head. Mm-hmm. But you had... um I mean, it's not just comics for me. Famous Monsters of Filmland, you know, really put the kibosh on me. Right. And and, and Monster Times, being a monster kid. Um, Vampirella, Eerie, Creepy, all the Warren magazines. How could you not love the 70s? It was a creative, creative, just overflowing of creativity. Uh, Marvel was experimenting like crazy. Man-Thing, Ghost Rider. Um, uh you had a lot of anthologies in the 70s that would, yes, they would reprint a lot of the stuff from the 60s, but new covers, just amazingly lurid covers by people who, you know, John Basima, you, up until then, you've only seen him on Avengers and his superhero work, but Ramita could draw the shit out of monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just, it's crazy. This, the, I, I cannot be objective at all about the, the Bronze Age. Well, that that is my. That's really the point. I, I think of what I, we're trying to convey with this chat, and the idea for the chat was what 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 gets uh, the passion going. You know, uh, the uh, the guys on No Apologies uh, have a less diplomatic way of saying it. They always talk about what gets their dick hard. <laughs> so it's like yeah. stuff they're loving gets their dick hard. But you don't have to work blue in your town. Yeah. So. yeah. The, oh <laughs> wow. Oh snap. Snap. Uh, just, just kidding. But let's not forget about DC. Bronze Age DC killer. Almost everything is great. Commandy. <laughs> of course. Yeah, oh, come on. Well, fourth world, fourth stuff. world stuff, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. The House of Mystery, House of Secrets mm-hmm. in the 70s. Was, they were gangbusters. Surgeon. Uh, uh, Surgeon can't be. Yes. Yes. Hard Traveling Heroes. Hard Traveling Heroes, maybe. Plop. That's yes. another one of those books. Some one of my all-time favorite books, vastly underrated. Plop is incredible. Why hasn't that been collected properly mm-hmm. in a in a full color omnibus? Is way beyond my ability to understand. For sure. Yeah. Justice League of America with Dick Dillon. Yeah, the the, the annual um, Justice, Justice League Justice Society. Yes. Oh, yes. Those books are amazing. Mm-hmm. And then of course you had Ross Andrew. On, on Justice League there for a while too, and and Esposito, just fantastic books. And DC would try the wackiest shit in the seventies, like Prez. Uh huh. Prez, yeah. And, Wonder Woman in a pantsuit. Uh, yeah, those. Uh, and that, that's that made, also Andrew and Esposito. Yeah, that's sixties, I think. Is it? Was it? Yeah. Right. I, I'm. Don't quote me because yeah, still Wonder Woman. I I never bought that book for any period of time, so I can't. Say uh, conclusively what I, that was. For me, in the seventies, it was it was the dollar comics from the World's Finest Superman Family. I mean, the, that's the late seventies and into the eighties, but that's mm-hmm. that's what I key in on from DC. Yep, those huge dollar comics where they would litter the thing with reprints, but you got you still got great front matter, and you know there'd be another couple of stories yeah. in there that were that were current, but for the most part, they were reprints, and they were still awesome. How about, we're forgetting a huge part of the Bronze Age, the Treasury Editions and DC's Collectors. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those gigantic tabloid-sized comics. Ugh. Well, I'm, su- I'm, I'm surprised at this point you haven't mentioned the ones I thought you would for sure mention. Well, which there's are, so much. Which are on my list. I- so, so for me, 
Uh, shout outs to Rom. Howard the Duck, yeah. Howard the Duck, Micronauts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tomb of Dracula. Yes. And then two that I thought maybe would be on mine, but not necessarily your guys, um, would be Jungle Action, especially issues six through twenty. Uh, uh-huh. Which is great Black Panther stories. Um, the second Buscema run on the Avengers. Awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, he basically did a one big run in each, each successive decade. Uh, and then one that, uh, I thought you guys would throw out, but you haven't yet. Marvel Team Up, dude. I yeah. love Marvel Team Up. I would love Marvel Team Up Omnibus. I know they put them all out on the, uh, Essentials years ago, but I would love Omnibus or two of those. That would be yes. great. Oh. The first 20 issues or 25 issues, they're absolutely perfect. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you do the first one with that first, right, the first 20, 25 issues would be awesome. It would be yep. so great. A couple storylines that, that, that definitely get a shout out. And I'm showing my Marvel tendencies here because I, I admittedly have read very little 70s Mar- uh, DC stuff. Um, Death of Gwen Stacy. I mean, one of the seminal storylines of the, of Spider-Man of all time. Uh, Should never happen. I know, but it's it. I mean, that's that is. It, it, I, it, I'm it, still bothered over oh, that. Yeah, uh, still after all these years, dude. The Kree Scroll War. Yep. Issues eighty nine yep. through ninety seven minus one of the issues, but but uh, just just phenomenal stuff. Like we talked about a few weeks ago. If you read those eight issues now, more happens in those eight issues than would happen in sixty crossover issues now of an event. Uh, seriously, um, Korvac Saga. Which was at the end of the seventies, uh, about eighty issues later in the Avengers. Awesome stuff, really awesome. And you know, I never realized having read that at first, and then uh, in the eighties, Korvac kind of was like the precursor to the Beyonder in that regard. You know, he absorbs Galactus's power, becomes like a god, turns himself into a normal-looking dude, and goes to Earth. A little bit like the Beyonder. I don't know if that was intentional or not. Um, and then, last but certainly not least. Uh, and directly applicable to what's been happening in the Marvel Cosmic, which has led to the Guardians movie, the Adam Warlock stuff, dude. The Adam Warlock yes. saga, which spanned four different comic books over that time, but just great, great stuff. And again, indicative of the kind of groundbreaking craziness, the psychedelic stuff that was going on in society is reminiscent and evocative of that stuff in the late 70s. You had uh, you, this this crazy dude that that goes from good to evil and has a cult and it's a, got a quasi-religious aspect to it and he's born again and he's got a chrysalis and all these crazy supporting characters. It was just unbelievably fun but exciting stuff and it's just the thing that I remember most about that era is just so much happened in every issue. We would get the yeah. issue and you'd read it and it felt like it was a two-hour TV show in retrospect. It just so much happened. It was great. I, unparalleled experimentation in the Bronze Age. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve Gerber was at the forefront of that. That man did things in comics that nobody tried to do before. Nobody considered doing mm-hmm. it. And it's, I mean, I know it was uh, a product of, of a very tight deadline, but in, an entire issue with prose and just spot illustrations, unheard of. This is comics. Mm-hmm. People don't do that. You know, and you can drop some keywords from the, from the, the era and they instantly conjure just like magic. King size, giant size, giant, just say giant mm. size to anyone and it, and they instantly know what you're talking about and you can almost feel the weight of those books in your hand. Just as a massive, just treasure trove of comics for like 50 cents. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, team up. You say team up, yeah. you know exactly what era that's from. Yes. Um, Marvel Value Stamp. Who did love the Marvel Value Stamps? 
just just going to the letters page and you uh, i know a lot of people today you say letters page is what just going to the letters page and seeing that little value stamp in the corner and resisting the temptation to cut that bastard out uh, i i succumbed a lot of times and i'm kind of you know sorry for it now but i i cut them out i pasted them up and like i got all the, the i've just made a picture here and ruined you know x amount of comics in the process but um and the black and white magazines oh good lord just <laughs> seeing when, when you're when you're in you know preteen and you get a chance to see titty in comics <laughs> yeah it is beautiful i mean it's it's money in the bank it's worth its weight in gold i just the bronze age is 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 sick the magic in that in that time mm-hmm. yeah and the, you know, in the independence, uh, well, undergrounds, there's a lot of neat stuff going on there. But like David said, I didn't realize or read that stuff until much later. Mm-hmm. So, David, you got anything else you want to throw into the '70s mix? Uh, no, you pretty much covered it because uh, some of the things you mentioned uh, are on my '80s list, obviously, because that's when I was reading them. But yeah, I mean, I, I so I wasn't there, or well. Yeah, I read Micronauts number one after the fact. I read mm-hmm. early issues of, of Marvel Team Up after the fact. The, uh, yeah, no, there was, um. Ooh, First Kingdom. Can't forget about First Kingdom. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. No, <it's>, <laughs> um. No, you guys, you guys know, I mean, with, as I, as I go back and I read some of the, um, some of the books from the seventies, it, it would be, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, um, Amazing Spider-Man, some of the old Hulk stuff, um, not too much of the Fantastic Four stuff, but yeah, it was, uh, there were a few things here and there, but you, you, you guys hit all the high notes. I get David's juices flowing. Mm. We, we can't forget about fanzines. Oh in yeah. The, in the, in the Bronze Age. Comics reader. Uh, Rockets Blast and the Comic Collector. I mean, it, it was prime time for fanzines. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that added immeasurably to 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 the hobby. Uh, we didn't have the internet. Get off my lawn. Uh, and and the only way you got to connect with people who loved the same things you loved was through the fanzines. Right. Write a write a uh, LOC, which is a letter of comment, and you became almost a celebrity. Like the more you did it, the more people recognize your names. TM Maple. TM Maple. Uh, I mean, it was just a, a list of guys you expected to encounter in the letters pages, and then you would encounter them in the fanzines, writing about at length about comics they loved. It was just ah. Let's go to the eighties. Well, before we, before we do, uh, Mike, uh, aka Comic Opinions, said to him the seventies belonged to Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill's Batman. Uh, we had an absolute ton of people chiming in on the fourth world love. Yes. So I, I apologize for not shouting everyone out individually, but y'all, there were a lot of people that seemed to be feeling that vibe. Uh, Goody Rickles. What's that? Goody Rickles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julian <laughs> also shouted out fourth world, Batman, Detective, and X-Men. Uh, let's see here. Um, Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. I'm just, it looks like, again, most of these are for, yeah, a lot of fourth world here, folks. Uh, yeah, I think we can jump into the 80s, cause, uh, wait, 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 uh, Rick Vance, I get, give him credit, he definitely 
threw out a, for each decade, he threw out one that I think no one else threw out. Uh, for the seventies, his, his, uh, nomination is airtight garage. Wow. Uh, yeah, we didn't get that till the heavy metal. Yeah. Which I, was that eighties or seventies? They started reprinting that. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. Uh, Toddy J shouts out, uh, Micronauts. So, yeah. uh, much, and I forgot heavy metal too. Much love. Metal, metal hurling. Well, heavy metal yeah, on this yeah, side. Nope. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so on to the best decade ever in comics. The <laughs> I I gotta disagree, but let's oh, go. My into list that. is ridiculous. <laughs> I had to segment the list in like so many different ways. I, I, it's ridiculous. I, I I could have given a hundred off this. It's, what's and, nuts is I'm looking at my '80s list and I thought it would have blown away every other column. And the only reason I think the '90s, as what I've written so far has a few titles more is because we had a uh the the growth in publishers and mm-hmm. every every publisher tried to max out every character with however many additional spin-off titles it, it, it could carry even though I, I think probably I read more consistently throughout the 80s throughout that decade than I did in the 90s because there were a couple of years where I wasn't reading anything as it was coming out, so. But uh, I do love, I do love the eighties. It's insane. wow. No, I do. I, I just. It's, oh, me too. I, I mean, that's again, eighty four by itself was. Uh, I, I don't know how that can't be considered one of the best, if not the best, comic years ever. Eighty four is huge. I, yeah. I, I mentioned, I said it today online, is that as as I was going through all the resources to to, to compile this over the past couple of days, the and I, I said it to Jason on on Facebook. The 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 logos, the the fonts, the typefaces that people that the publishers used in in the '90s and into the early part of the 2000s are just so fucking hideous. But the covers, mm. the artwork on the covers, the layout, the way the covers would make you feel, the covers of the '80s blow the covers from the '90s out of the water. True. Between, I mean, everything trying to look like a poster or one character standing on in white space or just ridiculous poses because it was everybody who picked up a pencil to a degree. There, there, there were some people who should not have been, I don't want to say shouldn't have been drawing, but there's just some, there, there's, there, there's a lot of art I saw on covers that, uh, when you compare to the previous decade were, were lacking. I'm gonna throw two books out from the '80s that'll probably be the underdogs mm-hmm. in in our in our discussion, but I love them both, and they both have blue in the title. Okay, Blue Beetle and Blue Devil. Yep. Oh, they're on my list. They're on my list. Love those uh, books. Paris Collins for days, bro. Yes, yes, and and the thing about those books, obviously, anyone who has read them will say this automatically. Those books were fun. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Blue Devil First was just—I mean, he, he's a stunt man trapped inside his goddamn outfit, and and Blue Beetle was a legacy character with with a direct connection to the previous owner of that name, and it uh, Ted Cord was, um, well, not originally a DC character, uh, Ted right. Cord, but I mean, well, yeah, no, so so Blue Beetle is not a, a DC character, but, um. Ended up becoming very similar to, to Bruce Wayne with his vehicle, with his gadgets, with his money and, and, but it was, he was, um, not Bruce Wayne as far as personality goes and, and, and just the character, just dealing with people and I, I, I absolutely adored the hell 
out of yeah. those two blue books. We're probably going to, well, there's no doubt we're going to drop the bombs. Dark Knight Returns, Watchmen. Yes, yes. Right? yes. There's a book that I, I think gets criminally overrated, uh, underrated, overlooked, ignored, basically, from that same period that I think is as strong as the the big names that come out of this decade. And I'm sure, I hope that David will agree with me. And that is Andy Helfer and Kyle Baker's The Shadow. Oh, yes. That, oh, okay. that, that nice, book okay. is an absolute masterpiece. And then, you know, Sienkiewicz is in there. But Andy Helfer's Shadow is amazing. And you almost, Will Pfeiffer will, will, will agree with me, but you almost hear zip about that book from this day. Right. Whenever, right. whenever someone says something from the 80s, you, I almost never hear the shadow. You, you hear, you hear things more about Blackhawk than you do shadow. Yeah. And it's, yeah, right. and, and you shouldn't. I, I, it was, they got me to look at, at the miniseries because before that I, I, I was never really keen on the shadow. Um, I really haven't thought about the shadow at all and I probably won't until the Grendel shadow book comes out later this year. Um, so Shadow's not really a character that I'm too keen on, but you put Which creators you... on it that uh, that I'm interested in and, and, and I'm there. Uh, but uh, let's... Um, Shaken got the ball rolling, yeah. obviously, with his miniseries, and then that uh, this came out of that. Right. The, the Baker book came out of that, but it's just, it's incredible. The limits that they pushed in that book, I mean, graphically, experimentally, uh, it's just, it's a tour de force, and it's an amazing, amazing, amazing series. And you can get it for peanuts now. Mm-hmm. It's really cheap, uh, the back issues. I would suggest people investigate this book, because if you want a comprehensive view of, of the 80s, you need to read this mm-hmm. book to see just how far they took it. Uh, don't disagree. Let, let's, uh, let's knock some of these big ones out of the way. Cause, cause, uh, you, I don't want to brush over, but Watchmen, I think definitely deserves more than just a quick passing mention before you move on to the shadow. Uh, again, I think it's, it's still to my mind stands as the singular best comic work of all time. Uh, even if you don't agree the, the accomplishment of that work from every facet of it, be it the design, the tone. And, and I think the thing that hurts a book like Watchmen now, because I do hear occasionally, and it makes me cringe, people uh, belittle Watchmen these days in the sense like, oh, I don't quite get the What you need to understand in the context of Watchmen, for those that didn't read it when it's coming off the shelves, is how unbelievably different it was than anything else we had seen before it, particularly in that genre from the superhero universes. It was it's it set a tone now, which you could argue is a tone that's very common in superhero comics now. But at the time was completely something we had never seen. And I think that that alone makes it important. But then you think about the beautiful symmetry of that book. I mean, the literal symmetry of that book from, from the opening panels being mirror reflections of the ending panels and the like. I mean, it's just so unbelievably composed in every way. I, I can't say enough about that book. It's a masterclass in how to make comics and I think deserves yeah. the place it has. Uh, beyond just that it has a reputation. You mentioned Dark Knight Returns. I think we also certainly can't not throw into that conversation Batman Year One, yep. which was uh, first issues 404 to 407 of, of, of the Batman title. 
absolutely belongs on there. Of course, Crisis on Infinite Earths, speaking of 1984. Yep. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, again, talk about something that, uh, that, that now we take for granted is, is universe spanning, uh, universe changing events. Uh, almost seems like, uh, a, a, a well, it is a trope now, an overused trope, but, but, but then was, was, uh, was certainly not and, uh, blew people's minds. Um, yeah, for as much praise as that book is due, I think a lot of, uh, blame could go to that book because definitely, it's, it, definitely. like you said, it set the ball rolling for all this crossover. But when it was coming out though, like, whew, no, right? Right. I mean, yeah, when it was, it was the big thing yeah, when it came out. Loved it. Uh, Daredevil Born Again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dark Phoenix Saga. Yes. Now I could easily say X Men because to me that the eighties for me the, the my favorite book of the eighties would be X Men and you could cite the run the whole the whole run you could cite different components so uh, I could also say Days of Future Past I could say the giant size into ninety four you know so they're they're not they're all kind of coincident for me with with collectively but in terms of if i had to signal one uh component of of that arguably the biggest book of the 80s it would be uh, dark phoenix saga for me but can i can i chime in on your ex yeah. love for me uh my ex book from the 80s is excalibur well i didn't get there yet but that's that's uh that's oh you're getting okay oh no getting. no yeah well i'm just trying to run down i think the the the, the i was just trying to run down the ones that i think would be on most people's lists almost obligatorily right. so. Um Mouse, which was yeah. which was serialized in Raw magazine over the course yep. of most of the eighties. Uh I think now is well regarded more commonly as as the collected edition that uh that most people are familiar with. But it was a serialized story in the eighties. Um going over to DC, the uh the Great Darkness saga. Uh and the Judas contract, I think two fantastic DC runs uh that uh that that are still heralded. Um, uh, I'm sure David's got to have at the top of his list the new Teen Titans. Or new that is, it is, um, it is the third from the top. Okay. Only because I I wrote it that way, but it's not that that's not indicative of my overall feel of it for the '80s. My top three, the, the first three titles that I wrote down were Major the Hero Discovered, of course, Amazing Spider-Man, and the of New course. Teen Titans. There we go. Right. Um, gotta give it to Marvel again in the eighties for, uh, a, a white hot, like rash of creativity, almost all under one imprint. Epic. Yeah. Epic I, Illustrated. You know, yeah. I know it's the imprint. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Epic yeah. Illustrated. Absolutely. They, yeah. Dread, Dreadstar, Electra Assassin, Coyote, uh, Void the, Indigo. right. Void Indigo, the Clive Barker mm-hmm. books. Uh, what else? Grew? Yes. Uh, Martial Law. Yes. You had some, a lot of Mobius stuff coming out of Epic. That's, um, that's when Marvel reprinted the Airtight Garage was in, uh, the, the Mobius the, series. Uh, and, and speaking of them, him and Epic, it, uh, the Stanley Parable, Silver Surfer two-parter. Yes. That was under the Epic imprint. And I'm such a sucker for the Shadowline books. Doctor Zero, Powerline, Saint George, Critical Mass. Critical Mass is awesome. And, uh, we can't forget the one. Mr. Rick yep. Veach. Uh, what else? Well, Plastic Forks came out in the 80s, uh, with Ted McKeever's book. Mm-hmm. You, you had Moonshadow. Moonshadow, absolutely. Yep. Sit- 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 gorgeous. Moonshadow. 
was, was, was Havoc and Wolverine Meltdown under uh, Epic? Yes, yes, but I don't yes. believe that was the 80s. I agree. It was. It was at the very, oh, was it? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Now, Video Jack. <laughs> True. Now, talk a little bit about New Teen Titans beyond that, because again, I think that's a book that, number one, it's on a lot of people's, uh, live tweet lists a lot for the 80s, but, but it's also a book that, um, I think sometimes gets lost in the shadows of, of the significance of the X-Men at that time, but, but the t- Teen Titans was DC's X-Men at the time, and, and for a few years before X-Men, it was, it was the book, it was the, the big book on the stands, and it, it was, was it, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, it, it was, I would say it was, it was Marvel's equivalent to, uh, it was DC's equivalent to Marvel's Uncanny X-Men, mm-hmm. um, so much so that they ended up having the crossover. Uh, I do, uh, I see, I, I don't have the numbers to back this up. I, it's, I think it was outselling Justice League of America. Um, when George Perez left Marvel, uh, to go to DC, he did a few issues of Justice League of America and they, from what I remember, uh, he could have continued doing JLA or he could have, um, co-created a, a new team with Marv Wolfman and, and he decided to go with the, the new Teen Titans and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And I, I, I absolutely adore the few issues of Justice League of America that he did and the covers. Um, but I, I doubt that for me the New Teen Titans would mean as much to me if 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 George wasn't attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh it, I was it's one of the books where I was there very close to the beginning. Um I knew some of the characters. I knew Robin. I, I knew um I didn't know Kid Flash all that well. It, it was basically it was Robin that was my connection, but, you know, um, getting acquainted with, you know, the Wonder Girl more than, than just, you know, from backups from World's Finest or anything like that, being, uh, introduced to, to Cyborg, um, Raven, Starfire, these were, these were characters that, that, that were not new only to me, but just new in general. And, um, and I thought that it was, it was different from DC's other books in my mind because they the team actually they were based in off of Manhattan in, in New York City whereas every other DC book is pretty much in a fictitious town or city and uh so they actually were in New York um so there was the connection that I I would have with with Spider-Man or the Avengers uh or Daredevil where I just I knew these were real places um and and uh it was it it looked great it was written in a way unlike the the silver and, and bronze superman stories which were all not 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 only generally done in one but done in half issues where you know here's here's superman and he's got to overcome kryptonite okay well this month he's going to eat it and and that's and and it's just it was it was the corny type of of superman type stories that this wasn't like that and then they were right. adult and um didn't didn't uh little kids really weren't going to um gravitate towards the new teen titans the way they did to to superman or, or even a batman book and it was uh yeah, no, it just, it, it was one of those things where it, bright place, right time, and, and I just latched onto it. Um, I, I'm a big fan 
of Perez's artwork and, and, uh, you know, to see him draw a bunch of characters, um, a couple of them women and, and draw them very well. It was, uh, it, it hit me right at the right time. Yeah. Uh, the other, um, some of the other mini series or limited series, depending on the publisher, um, Marvel's Contest of Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman the Cult. Um, we had Hercules, Prince of Power. We had, uh, Hawk and Dove. He had, um, there was, a- after the Crisis on Infinite Earths, DC came out with a two-part, um, retelling of the universe. And that was the history of the DC universe <laughs> drawn by, uh, Perez. And, and, uh, it was basically Harbinger narrating, uh, the new, um, new earth and, and, uh, you know, no more earth two or, or golden age Superman with the great temples, things like that. So that, that, that kind of, um, it's such a good idea. And I, I thought it wasn't, it wasn't a straightforward story. It was, you know, it was, it was images, not exactly laid out sequentially in the traditional comic book sense, but it was, you know, Perez drew the hell out of it and, and he, he, experimented on some things, you know, sometimes he, he drew with charcoal or, um, it, it, the watercolors, it was just, it, it was, it was a, I thought it was a pretty spiffy looking book. Um, but it just basically caught you up with what, what the new status quo was. And then that, um, yeah. that, that led us to, to legends, which is one of my favorite DC stories. Um, there was, uh, the Aquaman, uh, Time and Tide miniseries with the funky, uh, ocean camo outfit that I really yes. like that. Uh, there was the, um, Jim Owls. Is that, uh, Esteban Moroto? No, there? that was, um, uh, P. Craig Hamilton. Okay. Um, you had, uh, I think he inked it. I have to look up the penciler. Um, you mean P. P. Craig Russell? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, P. Craig yeah. Russell. Um, uh, Jim Owsley. And mostly Mark Bright, but the first issue was drawn, penciled by Paul Smith and unfortunately inked by Vince Coletta, but there was the Falcon miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the X-Men and the Micronauts miniseries. Uh, yeah. Yes. There was, I, I, I really enjoyed the miniseries. Blade Runner was- Yeah, we've talked issue. about that many times, the 80, the Marvel, the Marvel 80s miniseries were all yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I gotta say I'm stunned. On. What? You didn't mention the book that you guys always mentioned from this time period. Well, we haven't gotten there yet. Relax. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 that, that's a pretty damn good miniseries as well. Uh, but with the New Teen Titans, um, there was also another um, Batman book because uh, one of Batman's, one of Bruce Wayne's best friends was was trapped on the other side of the world. And the Justice League didn't want to interfere in this country's business, so Batman basically quit the Justice League and formed a new outfit. And I probably read the first issue of Batman and the Outsiders until it just fell apart. And and I, the the Apparel artwork was, was gorgeous. Um, Mike W. Barr introduced us to some, reintroduced us to some characters, just like the Titans, or uh, created new characters for the series. Um, I was a huge fan of Green Lantern. It was the post Hard Traveling Heroes and it was um it was Hal kind of basically just patrolling space a lot. There were the Omega Men, there were uh there were a lot of missions 
in space for Green Lantern at that time, and that led to um, Hal basically quitting the Corps and uh, the ring going to um, to John Stewart. Uh, and so there was a lot of um, there, there were some issues leading up to Crisis on Infinite Earths, and and, and the uh, and after that you had um, ended up leading to um, well after Legends it, it led to Millennium with, with the Guardians and everything and, and which I I do enjoy that limited series I know I know a lot of people kind of I'm not a big fan of, of the climax but the uh, everything leading up to it I, I was digging although there were some reveals that um, that that were a little lackluster as far as what the story was about um I was going to drop Omega Man into the mix. Yeah, yeah, because that, yep. that was a Baxter book, and uh, yep. and and five years later, Legion. Yep, that was the other one, and then eventually um, the New Teen Titans, and and, uh, and then the uh, the newsstand version became Tales of the New Teen Titans, and the same thing with the Outsiders. After Batman left that group, and it was just called the Outsiders. You had the Outsiders as a Baxter book, and then Adventures of the Outsiders for uh, for the reprints. Um, Right. Which, as a collector, that became really confusing to me. Because the Teen, just the Teen Titans one, because they eventually changed the name of Tales of the Teen Titans to something else, no, didn't no, they? they? There was you had because the Judas contract starts off with the New Teen Titans, but before you get to the annual, it's Tales of the New Teen Titans. The fiftieth issue with the wedding between Terry and Donna, that's a Tales of the new teen titans book so they 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 ran through a few stories with that they had the ongoing the new teen titans baxter um comic and then tales of the new teen titans was the newsstand story and and it was still there they were still original stories until it got to a certain point and it became the reprints and then they just canceled that book um there was dc there there was dc comics presents there was brave and the bold brave and the bold eventually um when that wrapped up with issue 200, that Batman's new book became Batman and the Outsiders. And then when, when John Byrne took over for Superman, they, uh, they got rid of DC Comics Presents, which was DC's version of Marvel Team Up and Superman's Team Up book became Action Comics. Um, Fantastic Four, I was huge into Fantastic Four in the 80s once Byrne took over. Yep, Burn uh, FF is the next one on my list. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was amazing. The indie side of things, aside from Mage, it was Nexus, it was Grimjack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grimjack and Nexus are right next to, yep. Um, Cerebus. Um, so, yeah, see, yeah. that was one yeah. that I, I, I'm still trying to, to get through, but yeah, that was one that I definitely wasn't reading as that was coming out. Concrete. Mm, uh, yes, yeah. Turtles. Oh, oh yes. The blizzard of black and white titles in the eighties. Right, but I mean, I think you need to give turtles. It's yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. They they lit the the fuse. Uh, there was uh, there was Zod. There Not- was, was Kamiko's Elementals, and their their adaptations of Robotech. True. Uh, yeah, but yep, they were pretty big. Yep. Yeah. Well, I I I bought Robotech Macro Saga. I bought uh, Masters and the New Generation. I mm-hmm. I bought all three because I watched. All, all three cartoons when they were coming out. Mm-hmm. How about what they were doing over at uh, um, first with uh, the manga? That was the first time we really saw a lot of that stuff. Oh, Area 88. 
Yep, Area well, 88. I was going to say, um, the, the, the last one on my list I was saving it is because it needs its own special place as Akira. You can't talk mm-hmm. about the 80s without talking about Akira. And that's it's, also epic. The, the, drop the, 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 drop the mic. Drop the mic. The goat of all time. Uh, it's, it's un- unbelievable. It's, it's the, the standard bearer for that entire side of, of the comics world. It's, uh, it's, it's yeah. legendary. It's, it, I, you'd be hard pressed to find a cartoonist working today that doesn't attribute some measure of influence to that, that work. It's that true. Image it's is true. iconic with, with him in the motorcycle and mm-hmm. the overhead shot. I, yeah, I can't, I, you close your eyes and just see it. Absolutely. Tetsuo! If, if, if forced to choose between Akira and what I think is the superior book of that, um, genre, uh, I'm not talking about, of that art form, the manga, I'd have to go with Lone Wolf and Cub over Akira. Uh, I wouldn't, but that's, that's fine. I mean, Lone Wolf and Cub obviously is legendary too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, then I had a segment here of my favorite books from the eighties, which, which, Burn FF was, was one of them, so you already mentioned that, but the others are, uh, Alpha Flight, in particular, the Burn, yes. first, first 28 issues, uh, Excalibur, which Vince teased, uh, especially up and through when it's Alan Davis funny. left the book in issue 67. Yeah. Uh, Thor, Mr. Simonson's Thor is Agreed. another book that, uh, I vividly remember every issue. Uh, for me, Wolverine, Claremont Miller's miniseries, uh, that's, that's yeah. a, a big reason why he's to this day my, my favorite character. Uh, and, and last but certainly not least, and I'm sure many people that are listening are waiting for us to pay homage to this book, uh, G.I. Joe, uh, G.I. Joe in the eighties, man, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's for me, I think I hold it in as high regard as, as Vince probably did Rom and Micronauts in the seventies in terms of a licensed book that just meant the world to me, so. Mm-hmm. There was, uh. You still didn't mention no, that book. Well, no. What? Secret Wars. No. Get out of here, dude. God Loves Man Kills. You guys always mention that. Oh, yeah. And that, well, that's true. Well, that's that, we true. didn't even really get into the graphic novels, but yeah, mm-hmm. there was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was waiting. I thought that would be like tip of the tongue. No, yeah. No, You're because correct. for me, before, before I get to that and before I get to things like Dark Horse Presents, the, the things for me are, um, sort of the Atom. Uh. Huh. Why? Oh, Why do you like? Oh, come on! I will. I, I, I'm bringing <laughs> when I see you in October, if not sooner. I'm bringing the Sword of the Atom trade. Nice. It's a really great book. Um, uh, there is Squadron Supreme. Yeah. Nice. Please, Mark Runwald. Uh, and for me, I would. I'm going to throw Booster Gold on the list. Okay. Um, the the De Mateus, uh Captain America. There was. Um, I actually have Boris <laughs> the Bear written here. Uh, there is, um, let's see. Oh, oh, for fuck's sake. The, the Matt Wagner, Art Nichols, Demon miniseries. Yes. That was gorgeous. Uh, there was Gigglemesh. Gilgamesh 2. Gigglemesh. Hilarious. There was, uh, I did because I was <laughs> almost choked at the same time. Jim, right so, now, Jim Starlin's writing down. You. Remind myself to punch David Price in the face. <laughs> Uh, so Giggle Mesh, uh, there was Revengers, there was Megalith, uh, there was the Will Payton Starman. I, I adore the hell out of that, uh, I've never read that. That was, that, that was, that was where, I, I, I don't know, I don't want to say it's where he started, but that's where I was introduced to Tom Lyle, who eventually went over to Marvel and did some Spider-Man books. Um. What else I've never read from this period? What? The Ray. That's because that was I. the 90s. Yeah, oh, the Ray came out in the yeah. 90s? The, 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 oh, the, the miniseries by, um, by Jack C. Harris and Kasad and Palmiotti. There was a six issue miniseries. 
And then when that ended, Priest wrote the uh, Ray Ongoing with uh, okay. Porter on art. Omaha the Cat Dancer. Oh, uh, yes. There was um, one of my favorite miniseries from the 80s, The Man of Steel. Uh, there was the Punisher miniseries, but for me, I really enjoyed the Mike Barron, Klaus Jansen ongoing. Um, mm-hmm. There was other miniseries, X-Men versus the Avengers, Fantastic Four versus the X-Men, and Mephisto versus the Mephi- yep, Heroes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, Secret Origins. DC had um, had a pretty cool formula. One issue was a Golden Age character. This is before Crisis. And the next issue was a Modern Age um, character. I, I never noticed that's how. Yeah, and, and they even had a different logo depending on the uh, the era. And two other miniseries, this was also when the uh, the encyclopedias came out. So you had Ohatmu and you had Who's Who. Oh, shit, yo, you know, that's what got me in the... I know, bro. I had to throw that in there for you. I I bought power... I love Jason. He says like we know. (laughs) You know, I really love those... There was uh, one another book that I bought as it was coming out right from the beginning was Power Pack. Uh, Yes, June Brigman in the hands. There was was Atari Force. uh, Yes, Strike Force Moratori. There was Strike Force Moratori. I loved What If... Uh, there were the Defenders, and there were... New Universe, dude? The New Universe, I do have, um, I had a couple of the books written down, and, and, uh, and, but, I have to mention things like Power Man and Iron Fist before I mention that. Uh, okay. there was, um, I was a, I was a Flash fan, I was a Barry Allen Flash mm-hmm. fan, so I, I was with the character, before the trial and and during Crisis on Infinite Earths, and so when someone sees the Flash on my list for the '80s, it's not the new volume with Wally West after he was cured and and wasn't dying. Wally West used to actually be sick, and and his powers were killing him. So the more he ran, the 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 sooner he was going to die. But something happened during the crisis where he uh, was cured, and so he was able to because um, they needed well, him. Yeah, they needed a Flash, and and yeah. Uh, uh, there was also, um, there was Star Wars, but on my list is also, surprisingly, Star Trek, but I have to make sure that it is the DC title, because Marvel had Star Trek in the early 80s, um, and I really wasn't keen on, and I was actually around the motion picture era, so I really wasn't Not too, good. yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the Star Wars by, Star Trek by Marvel, but when, um, when, when DC got the license and it was, uh, the, Post um, uh, Wrath of Khan and and Search for Spock and that that cover with everybody with with the seven on the on by by Perez and and, and uh, but you know Tom Sutton drew a ton of the Star Trek stuff and, um, and then eventually Gordon Purcell as as the years went on most of the Star Trek that I am a fan of published by DC not not really so much the the Marvel or um, the Malibu stuff yeah uh but yeah so i mean that is there were you know i got a couple more that good. i think we, 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 we all kept i, I like that, that. yeah yeah there was i mean i, I, I that's those are fun that Definitely. i and um assistant editors month yep we uh overlooked the seeds of the vertigo universe planted by alan moore and swamp thing yes true and that uh we can't forget about the doom patrol uh, by, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we had, uh, Larson. That was 90s. 
Doom, Doom Patrol's nineties. Holy! And, and, <laughs> All right. And actually, and and I know that because um, I was I bought it originally the first few issues because Steve Lytle was drawing. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 then, and then Larson, and then it went in an entirely different direction, and that's when I kind of bailed. Okay. Oh, Dave, I know. I know. For for me, um, the most important book of the '90s or of the '80s, uh, I know the uh, Dark Knight Returns affected mainstream comics immeasurably, but there's a a book that affected all comics, and Jason mentioned it, and that's Raw. I think Raw is the most important book of the '80s, just because uh, that transformed comics forever. The, the the amount of talent under those covers, not, not the least of which is Gary Panner, but you had Spiegelman and Matodis in there and Kim Deitch and Robert Crumb and Charles Burns and Mark Beer. It's just like uh, Raw is – that was the uh, showcase for what could be accomplished with the medium of comics, No, regardless of – you know, we're not talking mainstream or underground. It's just, it is a fantastic series. And for me, that's the most important book. It's mm-hmm. obviously not, not the most popular, the book that, you know, affected mainstream comics the most. But yeah, Raw is unbelievable. Tardis mm-hmm. um, even in uh, Raw. Um, what else in the 80s? Did we, we did the Marvel graphic novels, right? Oh, yeah. Did we mention mm-hmm. those? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, in, in passing. And, and I apologize. It was, um, it was the it, it was like eighty seven, eighty eight for Doom Patrol. You oh, were right. So so Doom Patrol. Yep. There you go. <laughs> any any decade it's a great book. Uh, um I I got a feeling that we're forgetting something. Well let's see, we got uh do some some of the tweets. Uh Julian's picks for the eighties, uh X Men, Batman Year One, Akira, Dragon Ball, Love and Rockets, mm-hmm. which ah, I'm sorry, damn, I could get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spider Man, Watchmen, Wolverine, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, let's see here. Uh, our boy Hassan shouting out, uh, Simonson Thor, Daredevil, Nexus, Grimjack, Titans, Legion, Outsiders, Alpha Flight, X-Men, Dreadstar, Micronauts, and JLI. Uh, let's see here. Haywire. I love Haywire. Uh huh. Jeffrey Flam shouts out, uh, Cerebus, which we talked about. Um, one that I'm absolutely shocked that David didn't mention. I'm, I'm stunned. Ne- our boy Neil, uh, aka Nilcam, uh, said in the 80s, Grendel blew his mind. There is a reason why. Okay. Well, I guess we'll get to that. You'll talk about your preference for the he 90s. Always, always has a reason. I do. Mr. I Prince. Do. Uh, Rick Vance, uh, his pick for the 80s was Electra Assassin, which did get a mention on our parts. Uh, uh, Spencer Thompson, uh, does the Grunwald cap shout out. We've got uh, Captain Adam from Toddy J, which we didn't mention. Uh, let's see here. Wasteland from DC, the anthology. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. Ost- Ostrander, Truman, Simpson, William Messner, Loeb's. Uh, who else is in there? David Lloyd. Um, that wasn't uh, David Wasteland where Pictopia first appeared. The Alan Moore, uh, Don Simpson well, there was, thing? I mean, it was Anything Goes, but I don't know if it first, I thought it, was that a I, reprint? I'm, I thought it was original for Anything Goes. Okay, oh, Anything and Goes. Anything Goes. That's yeah. on my list. Uh, Nilkem also says, uh, the 80s, uh, Marvel Mutants were kicking, uh, his ass, uh, Craven's Last Hunt blew his mind. 
Uh, Black Suit Spider-Man was his jam, and also All Things Kamiko. Yes. Uh, let's see here. I mentioned Zot. Yeah, I mentioned Zot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel Age. Oh, Marvel Age, yes. Yes. That's excellent. Uh, let's see. My favorite books of all time, and I don't know why. Firestorm's on my list. Uh, I never read that. I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the, the different... Um, uh, well, because... Back then, Ronnie wasn't a dick, but the, huh. the, um, there was, yeah, there was the Fury of Firestone, there was Firestone, the Nuclear Man, there were, I, I don't know if, if one was cancelled or if they just renamed it, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it all kind of blends together. I, I enjoyed Firestorm as, as a whole. Mm-hmm. Dave Jordan says for him, the 80s were all about Miller and Mazzucchelli's Daredevil. Uh. Continuity. Okay. My boy, my boy Neil Adams. There were, um, yeah, well, there was, I said, there was that. I said yeah. I said Megalith. Uh, yeah. there was, okay. um, when, when Moon Knight went direct market. I enjoyed that because you had the, and uh, Micronauts. Micronauts did, yeah. Um, Paul Stevens shouts out the ROM, although I consider that more of a 70s book, but, but maybe it did go in the 80s. Uh, oh, yeah. well, that's, yeah, that it's on my list for the 80s because that, that's when I, I so, I, but that's another, I guess, just, um, difference between our lists whereas i was it's it's on it's on me for the 80s because that's when i was reading it not because it, it started in the 70s mm-hmm. so mike yeah. comic opinions uh mentioned a few we've already mentioned but he also shouts out the uh, dead world which we didn't mention mm. yes caliber right what's the first publisher for dead world i think i don't know i don't know uh i guess it's my covers it i think that's apologies to anyone i didn't see but i, I just scrolled through it. it seems like i got everybody's 80 shout outs so uh, all right. Very rich, uh, uh the best, man. The best. Yes. I mean, we could have spent another two hours talking about any of those. Oh, yeah. Segments. I mean, the black and white stuff by itself, I mean, uh, you know, and again, like Grimjack's one that, well, Grimjack and Concrete, I, I mentioned, but, but, but our, and, and Nexus, frankly. Well, no, and mate, all, I didn't read any of those in the 80s. I read them all since we started this show. Right. But I think they're yeah. all fantastic. I, I, I love all of them, so. Um, yeah, and the, the sole survivor of the Marvel black and white magazine, uh, Savage Sword. Mm. Was kicking in the eighties, and since you mentioned the fanzines in the seventies, Vince, I'll go ahead and mention uh, like Amazing Heroes and, and yeah. oh, comics. Special. Oh God, <laughs> that was the cause for celebration. The preview special is coming out. I would read that thing for exactly. I yeah. Oh my God, I that was when it was just Amazing Heroes is part of the reason why I um why I guess I'm. I'm not anti previews, but I, I do believe that that damn catalog is for the retailers and, and it's, it's so they know what to order. And, and it's great that the consumers get to read it and see behind the scenes because it was like a peek behind the curtain. But, um, the coming distractions in Amazing Heroes, it, they basically said it was a one sentence thing. Spider-Man swings through the city and then, you know, written by art by sell date. And then, you know, yep. The Hulk turns green. I mean, they, they just, they basically just gave you the very bare minimum of what, well, and it was like two weeks in advance. So it's not like you had to order it three months in advance. This was, this is what's coming out around the cover date of this issue of Amazing Heroes. And you can yes. go to the shop and, in two weeks when the next issue comes out and pick up these comics. Right. And again, no internet. So. Exactly. Yep. Letters pages for days. Um, Don't forget the comics journal and, too. Well, yes. And the comics journal was more of, that was, well, 
I see them as as uh, Groth mostly, but I, I saw them as, as thumbing their nose at at, at the Capes yeah. and Cowl set, and sure. and so Amazing Heroes is more for those of us who enjoyed superheroes. Um, I mean, you know, you still get your Matt Wagner talks about Grendel and 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 things like that, but Comics Journal was for the people who want to know more about the guys behind Love and Rockets and right, and Mouse right. and and you know what's what's our crumb doing this week? You know that that's what Comics Journal was for. And, and, and for those of of you who don't know, published by the same publisher, yes. which was in the graphics. Yes. And uh, I mean, and and people who were connected to Amazing Heroes over the years. Um, yeah, Kim Thompson, Mark Wade, and I, they were just, uh, you. Hambeck. But yeah, Hambeck did art. You had Andy Mangles, who, you know, from the Hollywood stuff, and then he would, you know, he went on to, to write some comics. So there were, um, there's, um, Gerard Jones, who, who, uh, did some articles. Um, and then of course went on to write for DC and other indie books. But yeah, I, um, the 80s was just, it, it was, yeah, I, uh, it, it's it's my golden age. I can't, you know. I mean, it was it was I I was living at home. I had disposable income, and this was the eighties where, and yeah, this is pretty much the eighties because I think this kind of blew away. It definitely blew away in the nineties. I'm just not sure when, but you could buy your GI Joe or your Daredevil or your Amazing Spider-Man comics for like sixty, sixty-five, seventy-five cents, whereas the indie books were like a buck fifty. A buck ninety-five, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, and now things have switched greatly. But you know, I would go to the newsstand and buy the new Remember Titans, them? and and then you know, I, I I couldn't buy an indie book. I couldn't buy something from Comico or First that was going to cost less than a buck. And I mean, although First did have their uh, their dollar issues, I think Airboy was was ninety-nine cents or something, or there was an issue of Miracle Airboy Man. Was- Airboy was fifty cents. That's right. It was biweekly, right? Yes. As so was the first wave. Right. Remember yes. that? Yes. So, um, oh, and there was Crossfire and DNA agents. But I mean, you know, there were um, there. It, it just that's another thing about indies back then is that they were, you know, you had money if if you could, you know, buy a few independent books and and not just your your superhero books, but. Yeah, and David waited till the end to mention Miracle Man. I did. Yeah. That's for you, boo. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, now we jump into the decade that is, I think, most derided of our lifetimes, but unfairly so. Because, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, while there were certainly periods of the 90s in particular related to the crash of the direct market uh, after the death of Superman that – that we all wish never happened. I do think that, uh, for all of the things that maybe weren't going right in the mainstream world at times, there were some pretty awesome comics in the nineties, man. I mean, some unbelievable comics, both independent and from the major publishers. Uh, and I do think as people get further away from the financial and industry stuff that, that took place, they'll, they're beginning to recognize that there was plenty of quality, on the shelves, yep. if you were willing to uh, to look for it. So, two characters are um, the poster children for the '90s for me, and I love them both to death. One Spawn, right? Spawn and Cable. <laughs> yep. The the um, when Spawn number one came out, it that book hit like a hammer. 
a, a, a gigantic, you know, sledgehammer and the ripples from that book. Look at all the books that Spawn begat. I mean, just that image alone. What if Spawn wasn't a gigantic, as gigantic as it was? What would have happened to Image? Right? Because I think Spawn was the breadwinner for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. The other books did really well, but I I forget. Like Spawn number one sold how many millions of copies? Oh, I don't remember. You know, it it was just colossal, and that 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 was the shift at at my comic shop. Um, Previous to Spawn number one, the indies sold little, if any, at all. I mean, it, it was a mainstream shop. And Spawn came out, and you just saw people jumping headfirst into everything Image published. One point seven million copies. The first. This is yes. this is the second time in a couple of weeks where the number, the units of Spawn number one sold. That Jason and I have been around the same conversation because we were trying to figure out. I don't know if was it at Heroes maybe during the auction. We were trying to figure out if Spawn outsold Wildcats, which outsold X Men. Which I right. remember this conversation, but I think the important thing to to focus on was that it wasn't from a mainstream publisher, right. and it sold a shit ton of comics and spawned spawned a hell of a lot of activity at Image. Showed you that story didn't matter. Stop. It, 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 one of the darlings of the, the mainstream comic world went out on his own and created a character that endures to this day. And he made a lot of money off that character yeah. and touched a lot of lives. I mean, Spawn is a, mm-hmm. a favorite of a, a lot of people. Well, in an answer and, to the question that David and I were debating, uh, Spawn was 1.7 million copies. Um, X-Force number one by our, our buddy and recent guest Rob Liefeld sold uh, then a record 5 million copies. And it was it was trumped <laughs> it was trumped later that summer by Jim Lee's X Men number one, yeah. which sold eight million eight. copies yeah. oh, and geez. stands to this day as the top selling single issue of all time. Those fucking covers, god damn it! Lord. Eight million copies. Good lord! Even if he got no a small percentage of the royalties, smiling that dude, <laughs> yeah. and, and especially if Scott Williams only got one percent of. Oh fuck! Yep. That, yeah. Yep. So ninety. So so. Uh, oh, let's see. Man. Um, for me, uh, the the thing that I think most beloved for me, well, well, X Force is on my list. Uh, again, I I there's a reason I love Rob. Uh, he created a bunch of characters that are still some of my favorites of all time. And that tail end of New Mutants when he was creating all these characters led into X Force. Um, again, I don't care if there, if there was zero plot or story to that book in retrospect, I'd loved every page of them. Um, Joe Kelly's Deadpool, which mm-hmm. ran through issues one through 33, uh, is, is at the heart of why he is one of my top characters. I, I just think that's, it was brilliant comics. And one of the first times for me, having not been a Justice League Detroit guy or anything like that, that I took great pleasure and held in high regard a humor comic. Um, I, I don't remember reading too many humor-based books, particularly superhero books, up until that point that I dug. And for some reason, uh, Kelly's approach to Deadpool uh, trumped that for me. Oh, it wouldn't, so, uh, it wouldn't be Justice League Detroit. Oh, uh, JLI. Yeah, it would be. No. Yeah, that it would be the the Justice League, I or America or Europe. That was because Justice League Detroit was um, pre-crisis, and okay. that was. Um, 
vibe. Yeah, that was the vibe and <laughs> well, the one time I selected with the McGuire, with the Blahaha stuff. That was that. That would be JLI. Okay, sure. Uh, definitely. Okay. Uh, another thing along that line later in this, in the time, which, which again, probably is some was part of the critical failures of the area, but for me, I love it and still do is Age of Apocalypse. Uh, love that yeah. stuff. Um, that didn't do well? No, I just, uh, no, I don't think, no, I think it was, well, I think it's considered part of the whole gimmicky end of the 90s oh. boom. But I loved it. I, I thought it was great. They, they got rid of all the titles and, and literally the next month we show up to the comic store and it, and this was for me before previews and there was no internet and yep. you walk in and all your favorite X books are now gone and there's a bunch of new books you'd never heard of and uh they don't they didn't explain it at first it just was like a new status quo you woke up and there was a new status quo and then quickly realized that it's uh it's it's all a very orchestrated uh uh alternate future type of story but uh and to be fair they've gone back to that age of apocalypse well innumerable times since yeah. then and I, I don't think always yeah. to great success but but it's definitely something that that this generation of writers held in high enough regard that they continue to revisit it um mm-hmm. david you mentioned having not not put avengers forever on your list because you didn't read it then but i have to i, I think it's the sure. best uh avengers being one of my two favorite marvel titles of all time i think it's the best Marvel, uh, work of the, uh, not the best Avengers work of the 90s for, for my, at least for my opinion. Um, uh, that's about it for me on the, on the, the Marvel side. Um, a book I think that should be at the top of, of, of any list of the 90s is, is Jeff Smith's Bone. Uh, I think that book is transcendent. It, it, talk about copies sold. It sold millions of copies all over the world. Uh, it's probably the, the most popular non-direct market comic of the last 30 years in terms of being sold in libraries and bookstores and the like and continues to sell ridiculously well even 25 years later. Uh, and it's an awesome book. It's, it's an awesome, we, if you're talking about all ages books, a book that's not insulting for an adult to read, but is something that kids can read and, and parents not have to worry about the content. Bone is, is at the, at the epitome of that. So huge props for that. Um, uh, certainly for me, Strangers in Paradise has to be up there, uh, which, which went into the 2000s, but it's got started and, and the more of it was written in the 90s than in 2000s, so I call it a 90s book. Um, definitely the, this was probably the halcyon time for Vertigo, uh, mm-hmm. as a creative force, and for me, the, the, the two that would stand out there would be, uh, Preacher, uh, and, uh, The Invisibles. Uh, so I, you know, those, those would be my choices there, although you could probably write off another 10 from that imprint. You guys may do so. Um, and then, and then last for me on the list is, uh, is the authority. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's my top of the nineties. Um, oh. what do you guys got? Well, uh, David's going to go at length and mine will not be, will not be so deep. Um, 90s for me, I was whole hog into Image. I think for a lot of years, I bought everything that they published. Mm-hmm. Um, through thick and thin, good and bad, I bought it. Um, but uh, since we're talking Marvel's DC at Marvel, I wasn't as uh, red hot with Marvel's output in the 90s as I was with Image. But the books that did capture my attention... Uh, were the 2099 titles. Oh, okay, yeah. 
specifically Ghost Rider mm-hmm. 29. I loved that book. Uh, Chris Picello, he absolutely slaughtered that book. Um, Len Kaminsky was doing stuff. Uh, for the 2099, Peter David was firing on all cylinders with, uh, Spider-Man 2099. Even, even the, the, like, Punisher 29 loved it. And, and I do have a special, uh, a particular affinity for Ravage. There's, there are parts of Ravage I really like. What about Doom? I love Doom. Um, Warren Ellis. Mm-hmm. His, his, and even the Fantastic Four 2099 made sense. And was, um, you know, at that time, I have to say, better than the regular Fantastic Four book. It, it was just fun. Um, I loved the Valiant stuff from the 90s. Yeah. Almost almost all of it really resonated with me. But um, Image, you had the Max. You, you, you had uh, just a, a slew of very different books. Savage Dragon was remains one of my favorite books. Um, but the one title, again, I like to focus on things people don't mention. The, the the there's one title from the 90s I I don't hear anything about it and that's Kyle Baker uh did uh, a tie-in to the Dick Tracy movie for for Disney comics mm-hmm. and uh I think John Moore wrote it it was three issues uh and uh Baker was it, it was done in reverence to the Chester Gould stuff, but it wasn't beholden to it. Like a lot of the, it, it, it did, it wasn't dissimilar to his work on The Shadow. Let's just put that very clean line, um, beautifully stark colors, but it's three books. And the first, it's really strange because it, yes, it's a tie in for the Dick Tracy movie, but the only part you, of the series you'll encounter that is in the last book. The, the first two books are prequels to the stuff that goes on in the movie. And you find things out about the characters that the movie only hints at. Like you get to see uh, Patty Mahoney get off the bus and she's robbed and has no money. She So she has to fend for herself. And she says she wants to make it big in the city as a singer. And so that leads her to Lips Manless, who is not the crime lord you see in the movie. He's just another crime lord and he's fighting with other crime lords. And Tracy takes out the other crime lords, so that makes him like essentially the kingpin. It's a great series. Never mentioned. Never. I don't know why. It's just fantastic. But Cal Baker, he's he's all kinds of amazing. So... You know, the, the art is very special in that book. It's just great. What else do we have? Ultra Force. Yeah. Those are great books. The Malibu books. I, I, I love I enjoy the hell out of Nightman and, and Firearm Egg- and Solitaire. Exiles. All new Exiles. That's great stuff. Yes. When they brought the Juggernaut over. Oh, and, dude, and, how did I not mention that? I love that book. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that book. Who else? Um, Wait, was, then Thunder, they had, was, was the first round of Thunderbolts in the nineties, or was that in the aughts? I believe that's the nineties. Uh, yeah, me. Oh, I, I love so that too. Loved it. Yeah, read the shit out of that. The shit. Um, we Sandman. Well, yeah. Now Sandman is a very conspicuous one, absent for me, and that's because I haven't read it. Right? I mean, I've read a little bit of it in the last couple of years, but but I have to say, in doing some research for this, when I was first setting out to make my list, I don't think. I think Sandman is the number one. It's kind of like the Beatles. Sandman is number one on almost every greatest comics list you can find on the internets. It's mm-hmm. it's of any of any not just of the of the era. It's 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 always either at or right near the top. So 
I just all I can say about that is I, I didn't I didn't read much of it, so I don't I can't I can't okay. endorse what I didn't read, but I can say it's for sure that it would if if we had a, a thousand listeners all chime in, I I have to think Sam it would be on almost everybody's list, uh at least for hmm. this era. I'm gonna uh, give it to Mr. David Lapham. He has a bunch of books in the nineties. Stray bullets, not the not the least of which, mm-hmm. but I, here's one for Jay. Uh, Warriors of Plaza. Oh, and, and, and all the stuff, all the stuff Shooter was doing in the nineties is gold with me. All of it. And before Plaza, it was, uh, Harbinger. Harbinger, yeah. And just Valiant alone. Just say that word, Valiant. All those great books that, again, really set the market on its ear. I mean, they, Valiant did things to the comic industry. Nobody did. Well, those books were sound like crazy. All those great books plus Tarak. I like Turok. I know you do. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of great stuff in Turok, but um, uh, let's see. Before David just... Oh my uh, God! <laughs> I like what, I like what Marvel, Marvel did with Venom. I, I like um, yes, and uh, not some the Bat books. They lost me in the '90s, and the Superman books too. I mean, now I look at them in with reverence only because the current state of Superman ain't all that hot, and the '90s look like you know. Uh, gold in comparison, but the death of Superman and, and the, you know, the, the, the men of steel and the, all that stuff that came, the reign, reign of the Superman, all that stuff that came later, it, it really captured my attention and then something happened with Superman. D- then they lost me, but they lost I don't know what Superman it, red and Superman blue. See that, that was to me, that was good old fashioned silver age. Uh, anything goes experimentation. I like that stuff. I, I, I don't think it's great, but it's enjoyable to me. Um, yeah, DC in the nineties was kind of like Marvel. They had their ups and downs, but for my money, the, the real movers and shakers, the, the, the things that captured my attention happened outside of the mainstream in the nineties. Go David. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I will, um, there's uh let's see i i do have the four weekly superman books um on my list i have something that i mean you want to talk about something that never gets mentioned um el diablo illustrated penciled by the late great mike perobic uh there's um i enjoyed green lantern up to issue 48 <laughs> uh, uh, so, so that's on my list. There was, uh, there was, there was the Bwahaha, so there was Justice, there's Justice League of America on my list. Legends of the Dark Knight came out in the 90s. There was, uh, Legion, which led to Rebels, and every oh, Lobo. loved it. Totally well, forgot about, about it. Lobo. Every Lobo miniseries, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the miniseries. I wasn't as keen as in, in the late 90s and 2000s of the, uh, of the Lobo ongoing. I was all about, those minis, I enjoyed the, um, just because that's, not that, I think a little goes a long way with Lobo, but I, I think it, it was diluting it a bit, having it monthly. I just, I, I, it was a special event to have, you know, a Lobo miniseries coming out. Um, I forgot to, so I'm going to butt in. What? The Demon ongoing. Yep. And, and Hitman. Yeah, Hitman I never read. Oh, David. Yeah, well, it's, Hitman is also like the only thing that makes Bloodlines not a footnote. Well, that's true, uh, but I mean, if it's the one good thing, then 
Yeah, if, if if you have you know thirty annuals and one good thing came out of them, uh, let's see. Typical so, track record for the thing. So, uh, the Star Trek books continued. They went to Baxter paper, and you also had a Next Generation ongoing. Um, there was Punisher War Journal, Punisher War Zone, uh, Marvel Comics presents. I I bought. A few issues here and there throughout the 90s. It wasn't a, a regular occurrence for me, but one thing that was was Namor the Submariner. Oh, yes. uh, there was the priest-written Black Panther. Uh, there was Legends of the DC Universe. There was also the big one for me would probably be um, Planetary. Uh, there is... Yeah, these are the 2000s. I have Planetary and Priest of Black Panther as the 2000s, but... Oh, see when it started it. No, but that, but that was when I, it, the, for me, Planetary, I, I caught up on, but it was, it was very close to when it started. So I, um, that's when I started buying it and, and continued buying it until, until it ended. And, um, and the priest, the, the, the Black Panther stuff is, is very similar to that. Actually, the, uh, I, I have it in the 2000s also, but that's the, uh, that's the later volumes. There was JLA Year One. Uh, there was, um, Sort of Azrael, which I enjoyed a hell of a lot more than the Azrael ongoing. There were the Milestone books, which I enjoyed to know mm-hmm. at. Uh, mm-hmm. Superman for All Seasons. Uh, Star Wars Dark Empire, when Dark Horse got the license. Uh, Crimson, Deathstroke the Terminator. Uh, Kingdom Come and Marvels. Uh, there was, um, X Factor was, I was still enjoying X Factor, especially once, um, uh, Peter David and, 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 uh, was having fun with it. Uh, I, I do have the Ray on here. There were some Valiant books, uh, The Mask and The Mask Returns miniseries. I have Dark Stars on here for some reason, Green Lantern Mosaic, um, Dark Stars because of Travis Charest. That's it. That is exactly why. Uh, there is Batman Shadow with a Bat, Hulk Future Imperfect, the Batman Grendel crossovers. Oh, so good. So good. Uh, (laughs) they are, they're, they're amazing. William Shatner's Tech World, speaking of epic. Uh, let's see. Web of Spider-Man and Spectacular Spider-Man were still enjoyable to me. Tom Tom Grummet drawing Superboy. Thank you, David. Um, Saxon Violins from Epic and from Peter David and George Perez. Uh, Justice League America The Nail, Justice League Quarterly. There was, um, uh, this will make Vince laugh. There was a Wonder Woman event known as, uh, War of the Gods. Uh, which, 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 which started off okay and then quickly, quickly went off the rails, especially when your last issue comes out like three issues before yeah, really. <laughs> uh, uh, it was like the last issue, and then the next three issues were the, the the three issues leading up to the last issue with the big reveal. I think we published that out of I order. Think we did <laughs> look at everybody? Look at the little promo card that came in the shop. I don't believe we screwed this up. Uh, let's see. There was um, they didn't follow their own checklist. They did not. Uh, yeah. There was uh, Mage the Hero Defined. Uh, Batman Adventures, because I love the hell out of the Batman animated series cartoon. Um, Madman. Yes, Michael. yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and the Tundra stuff. 
Yeah, Tundra was was really big. Um, Monkey Man and O'Brien. Oh yeah, O'Brien, absolutely. Um, uh, Next Men. Oh yeah, and Hellboy. And Hellboy, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't on my list because I wasn't reading it at the time. Uh, Let's see, there was um, there was Legionnaires and and yes, there was something. Well, there was the the Brendel Black, White, and Red. Grendel Tales. Series. Grendel Tales were coming out during the 90s and the, um. I want to do a project with you. I want to reread a lot of that Grendel Tales because I was going through the the old books just like, oh, these are awesome. And there's a lot of great, great stories in art. Were, in those oh, absolutely. It, especially, uh, especially the art. And it's, I think Jason should read them also because that, that was something that actually came up during our conversation with Swain and Braxton. At Heroes, when we were talking about creator owned and, and, um, and Jason wasn't familiar, isn't familiar with Grendel Tales or not knowing that Matt Wagner, um, that there are actually some Grendel in air quotes stories out there that, that Matt Wagner didn't write or draw. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it would, be, really it, it would be a good experiment. Um, but there was Grendel, Grendel Prime will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, um, there was a, a funky little, I'm not gonna call it gimmick, but when, when DC was publishing the two Star Trek books, Peter David was writing one and Michael Jaren Friedman was writing the other, and for a couple of months during the summer, one year, they, um, they actually had a miniseries where the creative teams kinda switched and, um, and the miniseries, they, they could be read standalone. It was Star Trek, the Modala Imperative and Star Trek, the Next Generation, the Modala Imperative. But they, they, um, they kind of crossed over what happened in the past affected something in the future and the teams, the teams didn't meet, but the stories kind of merged and it was, it was pretty funky. And that's, that's something I tend to remember when I, when I, um, think about the nineties books. But as far as the, the Grendel stuff and, um, and why it it wasn't on my 80s list uh a lot of the things that are on my list and and like how why some things might be in the 90s for me or the 2000s for Jason the things on my list also are on there because I was buying them as they were coming out and the for me Grendel I didn't read Kamiko Primer I didn't read the early early issues of Grendel pre-Mage, because uh, I wasn't aware of them. And by the time I was, I wasn't paying those prices. And so for me, Grendel was a backup, a, a, a prose story practically with, with spot illustrations, a backup in, in the first Mage series. So when Mage ended and couple months later, the first issue of Grendel came out. I did pick up the first couple of issues, but I never finished the first arc. So Because you loved it so much, you didn't want it to I end. was just like, oh my god, give me more Panda Brothers, please. <laughs> and, and so I... It's not on my list because it, it, it wasn't something I was actively or continuously reading. I did not read all of the Grendel um, until Dark Horse reprinted them as miniseries. Each arc is a miniseries and as, as I found the issues over the years. So Grendel, the ongoing is not on my list for the eighties or the nineties for that reason. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. I forgot a couple. Okay. What'd you forget? I forgot now comics. 
I don't know how you could, man. Terminator, I, Ralph Snart. Yeah, now that's all. And Racer um, X, Speed Racer. They uh, married with children. Oh God, yeah, married with children. Doctor Gorpon. Um, see, everybody's like, "What?" Uh, but there th- was there were huge uh, people were buying them just as much as the, as they were the mainstream. It, it appeared to me. Um, don't forget uh, Mister Hero and and uh, Necrophage over uh, at Techno Comics. Uh, Techno Comics, uh, the Wheel of War. Yeah, Neil Gaiman was was pretty yeah. big into that. It's just great stuff. Um, what else? Uh, from the nineties. I don't know. There, there was, it just seems like there was so much to love in the nineties, but unfortunately for me, a lot of it wasn't coming out of the mainstream. No, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got a kick out of one, two, and three, the first three Robin miniseries with their gimmicky covers and then the uh, ongoing. Uh, excess. Uh, oh, absolutely. Excess. It was excess. because it was like each, each Robin miniseries. And, and this is the Tim Drake Robin, and it was, and, and each one pretty much had a different gimmick. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was either the second or the third miniseries, which was connected, Joker was the, the big bad, but each, each cover had a hologram about the size of a, of a playing card. Yeah, I think that was the second and one. It was, it was just, yeah, and, or, and multiple covers, and, right. and oh, um, is uh, Eclipse of the Darkness Within? Is that the nineties? Yes. Okay, I, I'd add that to it. Um, I didn't read the, Annihilation. Yeah, with the gem, which screwed yeah. everything up. If you had, if you kept it in a long box, because it jutted into the back of had the, to be the first it one. Had to be. Yeah. And, and if, as long as the glue held, um, I didn't read Annihilation or Final Night. Um, hey, you're better I, off. Well, Final Night had the imminent art, right? Uh, there was. Um, there was also Hal's Great Sacrifice again. And there was, um, <laughs> oh, Gen 13 in the 90s. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, go ahead. No, I was, was waiting for you to, to. Uh, there was Crimson and, mm-hmm. uh, Battle Chasers I never really got into. And, well, not that you could because there were what, like three issues over the course of like four years. Uh, Wonder Man, Jeff Johnson with the art. Um, Nomad with, with homie no. walking around with the, he said no 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 no, 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 no. but what about man. what about cage cage was uh, I, I like the Dwayne Turner art with cage the mm. art's great but the, even the, the cage book a bit yeah, back back to Nomad Nomad was it's just a weird that, weird that book Hallbacker like, was, was 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 Clark Hallbacker it was the the Neil Adams Tom Grinberg clone kind of art and it was it was more it was a lone wolf and cub knockoff because because um. Homies walking around with uh, with this baby, and and it was just it, it was it was the whole grim and gritty nineties with 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 the Danny Ketch Ghost Rider, which I wasn't a big fan of, and it just it, it it all dripped of that. But the baby had a mask. Well, the baby was nomad. The baby was Bucky. It was you know silly to put a mask on a baby. It's, <laughs> you don't want the baby to be recognized. It's nuts. Green, I don't green know. Forgot, I, or I forgot to mention one uh, that is. <gasps> Was awesome of that time, which is Starman, Robinson Starman. See, and that is that, that's why I had to preface Starman on my list is not the Robinson Knight offspring um, Starman. It, it, my the Starman I enjoy is the um, is the Will Payton. The, the, I know that a lot of people do like 
the the James Robinson Starman. I I read the first hardcover collection that came out about a decade ago, and I I I wasn't feeling it. Oh, I loved it, and and that's coming from someone who uh, openly and repeatedly belittles uh, Tony Harris. Uh, yeah. On the yeah, the art, the art was pretty. I just, I, oh yeah, he could throw think, his ass off. I think it was just one of those things where it, it, I don't, I'm sure it lives up to the hype, but it, I think part of it was that, that the hype kind of just overdid it for me. And, and I, I wanted to like it because everybody else did and I, I just wasn't feeling it. How about, uh, Kronos and Chase out of DC? Oh, we're digging into the crates. Time Masters. I thought Chronos is a great book. So is Chase. How are we throwing out things like that? We're not giving a shout out to something like Marvels. I did. I said Marvels oh, and Kingdom oh, Come. I missed them. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, yeah I never clicked. How about lives. the Infinity Gauntlet? Oh, uh, there we go. Yes. Uh, did anybody mention Astro City? No, no. And that's just again because that's a that's a big big white space for me, and, and okay. definitely I saw it on just about everybody's list. So yeah, that that definitely deserves a mention for sure. Yeah, uh, for me, it's also um, a big one for me at the time. It kind of it made a big impact when it came out, and and it's not it's something that gets the crow. Hmm. Never a fan. Really. Yeah, I don't know why. I enjoyed, I, I like the story, and, and, uh, I thought Obar's art was, told it well. Um, it was, it was probably the, one of the darkest books in my collection at the time. Wasn't the, the 90s, uh, um, Ren and Stimpy and, uh, Beavis and Butthead at Marvel? Ren and Stimpy is on my list for, it is on my list. I don't know if it's on my list for the 2000s or if it's on my, no, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, the Ren and Stimpy shows above Rebels. That's in the nineties for me. I absolutely can't believe that there's a book that hasn't been mentioned by Vince. I I had it on my list, but figured he it would be one of the first things he mentioned. From the nineties, hmm. Who boy? Now you're, you you got me. What? Bean World, dude. Shit. I'm sorry, Larry. <laughs> you have a tattoo of it on your arm. Uh, this is so hard. It is. It yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah, also, I didn't. It's not on my list because I didn't read it, but I saw it on quite a few lists, which is uh, "Milk and Cheese" by Evan Dorkin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't speak to it at all beyond that, so I don't. I can't. Add, but uh, we could we could add Pirate Core to the the eighties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How the frig did I forget being? I was gonna, yeah, I was waiting. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, our man Julian shouts out. Uh, as with every decade, the X books and the Spidey books seems to be a running. Uh, Marvel Knights, which is definitely, yeah, that's, I, you know what, I, I guess maybe I think of Marvel Knights more in the, in the aughts, but he's right. It really did start in the nineties. Um, specifically Daredevil and Black Panther, uh, Wildcats, Slam Dunk, Cyberforce, Spawn, Gen 13, Stormwatch, that's a good one. Uh, Witchblade, Kingdom Come. We didn't, none of us mentioned Kingdom yes, Come. Yes, I did. Uh, the Milestone titles, absolutely. You should do it with Marvels. You did? I did. Oh, I said sorry. Marvels I'm, and I'm Kingdom a, Come. Oh, is that when I was sorry. taking a step, is that when I stepped down? No, 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 no. We, I was talking about Amazing Heroes when you stepped down. Oh, okay. Uh, Hassan mentions Preacher, Morrison's JLA, Sandman, Wildcats, uh, Ellis's Stormwatch. Uh, let's see here. We've got, uh, Robinson and Harris's Starman from Jeffrey Flam. Uh, we've got, let me see here. We've got, uh, oh, another good one that we, Vince, you and I talked about a, a year or two ago when it collected edition came out. Rick Vance's pick for the nineties was Nausicaa. Oh, okay. Uh, excellent choice. 
Spencer Thompson's 90s pick was uh, Wade Flash. Uh, Mark Wade's Flash run. Nice. Uh, let's see here. Um, Toddy J's pick from the 90s, Malibu Prime. Oh, wow, yeah. Alan Purdy's pick from the 90s would be Hitman, which he said was comics perfection. Uh, okay. David. Oh, come on, David. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> Keep it positive, bruh. I like when he gets like that. That's the funniest. I know. Yeah, you can say that. But <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. Tons of, tons of votes for, uh, for Sandman. A bunch of other Vertigo shout outs. Um, but it looks like everything else is stuff we've at least mentioned, uh, in passing here, so. David, we forgot about Flaming Carrot and, uh, Reed Fleming from we India. definitely 80s. did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Hmm. Fair enough. Silly us. Uh, and um, what? So now we, we're we're uh, the aughts, going baby. into the, the aughts. Yeah, this is tough for me. No, it isn't, dude. It's for yeah. half the time we've been doing the show. I know. It's, it's uh, the more recent stuff is great, but you know, nothing beats the 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 foundation year. And but and, again, that's why so- we're doing it by decade. It's not what. It's not, is this better than something you liked in the 70s? Sure. It's, what did you like the best in the 2000s? Um, well, so, one that I just added as we were sitting here, uh, but would be first alphabetically on my list for the 2000s, was uh, 52. Yep. I love oh. 52. It had a big role in me finally getting into DC full bore. I, I thought it was wildly enjoyable, uh, and I think was... Uh, something that hasn't been reproduced, even though they've attempted to since, which is put out a weekly series that's engaging and cohesive. And when you think about the disparate group of creators that were behind that book, it's it's a fairly stunning achievement. It is. When you think about a lot of those egos and very different writing approaches and styles all working together to tell one story. So um, I still view that very fondly, uh, much more so than most other events that have been going on in the last decade. So um, I definitely have to shout that out. Uh, let's see. Um, one Vince that, that is probably the first book I ever can re- remember you raving about on a podcast. Uh, World War Hulk. Yes. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's to me one of the best, if not the best Hulk stories ever. It's, it's awesome. Sure. It really yeah, was right. great. Um, now David mentioned this in the 90s and it certainly started there but went into the aughts so it was it was on my list for uh, which is pre Black Panther. It's yep. it's if long-time listeners of the show know that David and I both love that book and uh and also David mentioned Planetary and and I had it on my list for the 2000s as well. Planetary is uh you could say the spiritual companion to the authority and just fantastic. And those are actually the first two listed in my 2000s list. Nice. And Planetary to be fair is a book uh, that I didn't read until a few years ago when the absolutes came out, but but uh, my bad on that because it was freaking awesome. Also for the two thousands, one hundred bullets, uh, re- top of my list, very first one I wrote down, uh, and one of my favorite limited series from that decade, uh, Spider Man Blue. Okay, and there's also, and this is here, and I'm going to say the name of it. And it's not the one you're thinking of, but there was a miniseries called Trinity that DC put out, and it was the first meeting, uh, as told by Matt Wagner, of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Hmm. 
Mm, yeah, it's a great series. It is. It's pretty funky. And and uh, Bizarro and Lex Luthor are the uh, the main bads. And I maybe Cheetah. I forget who um, Wonder Woman's enemy was in the book. But yeah, that was a. Uh, it was one of their first. Just one of the first meetings of the Holy Trinity pa- post all the events. Oh. Uh, there was the Marvel Knight yeah. Spider Man. We forgot what? the uh, the Steve Rude World's Finest. You did. Well, what you did. That? I yeah. did. Yeah, it wasn't on my list because I wasn't <laughs> buying it when it was coming. No, because I wasn't buying it when it was coming out. But I mean, it was. It, it's um. It's a great yeah. book too. Because I mean, and Rude did some Marvel work too with the mutants. So I mean, yeah, it, his mm-hmm. his work should be on there for each decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sixth Gun in the two thousands. Uh, okay, now I have that in the two thousand tens. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Um, did you not differentiate? I no, I do. In the 2010s, I have uh, stuff that I'm kind of reading now because it's it, 2010s is a short list because we're only halfway through it practically. Right. Um, so I wasn't sure how far we were going to get into mm-hmm. that. Um, but I could definitely see the sixth gun being in the in the 2010s. There was um, uh, Harley Quinn by uh, Carl Kessel. Uh, well, written by the Kessels and first drawn by the Dodsons. Uh, there was Smallville, which was a tie-in to the show. Uh, the Losers. There was Marvel Knights 4, uh, Captain America and the Falcon by Priest and uh, Sears. DC, The New Frontier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Runaways, Astonishing X-Men, Green Lantern Rebirth, uh, JLA Classified, House of M, Solo, uh, uh, Blade, which I know you weren't super <laughs> thrilled with, um, by Guggenheim and Shaken. Um, Batman and the Mad Monk and Batman and the Monster Men, uh, collectively known as the Batman Dark Moon Rising. Uh, Identity Crisis is one of my favorite minis from mm-hmm. this era. Uh, there's the Punisher miniseries, uh, subtitled Welcome Back Frank, which was part of Marvel Knights, which, um, then led to the ongoing Punisher by um, Garth and Steve, and then that led to um, Punisher Max. Uh, you said 52. Um, more Spidey books. The Vigilante miniseries that uh, was penciled by Rick Leonardi. Brew uh, mm-hmm. Baker's Captain America. Um, Fantastic Four, primarily for... Um, Duffy short stint on the book. Uh, for the 90s and, 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 and for the 2000s, I would also say, um, the, uh, the Mark Wade, Mike Raringo run. Mm-hmm. Um, hell yes. There is the, this, it was beautiful, even if he didn't get to finish his story as usual, but the JMS, um, Quapel Thor. Uh, Teen Titans relaunched in the 2000s, as is the Outsiders, so they're on my list. Green Arrow, by um by Smith and then um uh, uh Meltzer and then Winnick is on this list. And that is the Just League of America, another nail, the sequel to the nineties miniseries. Um uh, New Avengers, Daredevil with Bendis and then Brew Baker, um Young Avengers, and I even have Civil War on my list. Hmm. 
David pretty much wow. has the entirety of the uh, 2000 uh, publishing catalog. Well, <laughs> from Marvel and DC mostly, yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, some, I mean, yeah. I, there's definitely a little overlap now because you did say a lot of things. Jeez. Uh, 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 well, 52 and 100 bullets. Um, one you I don't think you said, but to me is, is far and away my favorite Superman story of all time. It's not even close. It's All-Star Superman. Uh, that I, is a good one. Yeah, I do. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely one of my favorites of the last 10 years. Um, you did mention Astonishing X-Men, uh, but along with that, a new X-Men, Morrison's new X-Men run, uh, and Astonishing. I think, uh, both very different, but, but excellent, uh, parts of the mutant universe. And I don't think anything uh, has, has, um, has matched the, the success of either of those since, uh, so it was now Morrison's new X-Men isn't on my list because a, I wasn't reading what it was coming out. Two, I haven't finished it. Um, but, cause I have the omnibus scene right next to me. Um, but is, is, is that, did, did that start? In, cause I know that the annual, the widescreen annual, that was like annual 2000 for New X-Men, but did, did it? A- Ashley Wood. Oh, I thought it was Linnell U. The, the widescreen yeah. one? One of the annuals is, is, uh, Ashley Wood. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we're talking about a different one, but was it printed landscape? Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe maybe you didn't draw a landscape when it was, a, but but was it was the, did it start in the late nineties or did it start in the two thousands? The new X Men. Yeah, I can't answer that. Uh, I believe it started in two thousand, but hold okay. on a second, let me uh, check it out here. Check it out, son. Um, hold on a second. Uh, well, in, uh, as I'm looking it up, I'll keep. Uh, for me, Essex County. No nice surprise there, Jeff Lemire's. Uh, three-part work, uh, fables, absolutely one of the books of the 2000s, uh, especially up and through the the first major arc, which really did end in the tail end of the 2000s. Uh, Vince, that's got to be on yours. You love that book in the nights. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, another again up there for one of my favorite books of all time, uh, Rick Remender's Fear Agent. Sure, uh, absolutely. For me on the DC front, uh, uh, the Johns. Sinestro Core War, the Green Lantern stuff that happened around that time. That's really the the first and only time I've I've given a shit about the Green Lantern universe, <laughs> uh, and and it was definitely one of the top top of the stack books for me every time that uh, it came out up until they got into that next phase of it after the war. Um, Identity Crisis definitely on my list. Uh, a, another one of my favorite DC modern runs, uh, and just recently put out solicited as an omnibus. Uh, John's JSA run, which started in, I get confused whether it started at the end of JSA and then turned into Justice Society of America or the other way around, but, but I know it spanned the, the one title into the other, but lasted for about a hundred issues in total. Um, one none of us have mentioned, but I think is a hugely influential book, uh, especially as it relates to the movies is, uh, is the Ultimates, the first, first volume of the Ultimates. Definitely. Miller and mm-hmm. Hitch, uh, you know, that, that was, that was Marvel's answer to the Authority and Planetary, uh, you know, big widescreen event movie uh, modernization of their of their core team. Um, another book which we've recently poo pooed on as having lost its mojo, but absolutely was one of the books of of the last ten years is uh, is The Walking Dead. Uh, I mean that that was that was one of the it books uh, and certainly from the indie scene uh, revered uh, up until re- recently. Uh, and then for me, the last one on the, on the list is, uh, Why the Last Man, uh, which again, I, I adored that book from start to finish and, uh, 
you know, I, I think uh, BKV is who he is because of that book, really. So, yeah. Um, you were you mentioned Fear Agent. Uh, I think Remender was uh, creatively, anyway. Remender was smoking hot in in the aughts. Um, I love Strange Girl. Sea, I think Sea of Red uh, that he did with uh, Kieran Dwyer. I think that book is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Strange Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did he do? Triple uh, X Zombies mm-hmm. is is amazing. Um, but for me, the aughts, Alan Moore owns the aughts. Okay. No A-B-C. surprise. Uh, America's Best mm-hmm. Comics, uh, Tom Strong, yep. Promethea. Top 10. Uh, Tomorrow Stories, yeah, top 10. I understand. I love um, top 10 so much and you wish shit on it. I, I, I think it's good, but I think it's the, the ugly bastard oh, stepchild. Oh, uh, gourd. It's okay. No. I, I don't mind it. Uh, but while we're on the subject of Alan Moore, David, we forgot 1963 we did. in the 90s. Yeah. We also did mention League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Well, yeah, I was just going to do that. League of Extraordinary While Gentlemen. We're in the, the 2000s, uh, Godland. Yeah. Oh, damn. I totally thought that should be on the list. It wasn't on, but it should be. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're splitting hairs with the ABC books because technically most of them started really tail end of 1999. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so what? But I mean, it's back with Alan Moore, uh, The Birth Call and Snakes and Ladders. It brought to love. Uh, is uh, I do love snakes and ladders. This is the greatest thing he ever he ever wrote. Um, what else? Uh, the nineties or the well, I, uh, So Morrison's first issue was one fourteen of New X Men. E is for Extinction, and it was cover date July two thousand one. Cool. Wow, that late. Okay. Nice. Sorry, Vince. I didn't mean to cut you. I, <laughs> Who cares? Uh, there's a ton of stuff. Image in the in the aughts was amazing. The, didn't the Popcorn anthologies oh, uh, come out? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's when the the current um, image was just the ball was just getting rolling, and they were just trying a bunch of beautiful st- different stuff. Yeah, and and publisher Image is is my publisher of the of the aughts. The um, just just do a, a search, and pretty much everything they published was was great. There was um, uh, Pride of Baghdad was out. Loved it. Yeah, that was good. Um, Runaways. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alias. Loved Alias. Al- yeah, and I am. Um, I did not. Uh, I have some trades, so I need to still read that. And how about Bendis's Daredevil? Oh, that yeah, that was because uh, it was Bendis leading into Brubaker yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yep. And. Um, Carrie's uh, X Men run, Supernovas especially. Oh, true, true. I hadn't thought about that yet. True. Uh, the um, how about I'm surprised Vince didn't mention One Piece. Yeah, you're right. That is the the odds, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, One Piece. Also, 20th Century Boys. Also, Pluto. Yeah, there's you know, creeping up on 50. My mind does not work like mm-hmm. it used to. Just trying to dredge all this stuff up. Um, without the benefit of, of searches, yeah, it's tough. What else do we have? Uh, Rick Vance, uh, his shout out for the aughts is Full Metal Alchemist. Mm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Alan Purdy is, uh, his vote is, is scalped. Um, mm. which I, I, I have it in my 2010s, but it did start in 2007, so it, it probably is more appropriately and certainly would be at, at or near the top of my list if I, if I included it in the odds. So, uh, I, I gotta have his back on that. Um, New Frontier is Jeffrey Flam's pick. Uh, 
let's see here. Uh, Hassan and Julian apparently didn't like comics from this era because they didn't mention anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Stevens, Strangers in Paradise. Nice. Uh, is, is Helix uh, the the nineties or the the aughts, David? Uh, or not Helix? What did Helix turn into? Uh oh, shit. Um, come on, like Transmet. Yeah, Transmet isn't Transmet's nineties. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then we should have mentioned it. You're right. We should have. You should have. Uh, let's see here. Uh, not a lot of aughts love here. Um. John Dudley, uh, Fear Agent and Hickman's FF, which is a good one, I think, uh, although I think that might be more for the 2010s, but, but, uh, it doesn't look like he differentiated that. Uh, I, I like the Legion in, in the 2000s by Mark Waite. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Super on the Legion. Yep. That's on my list. Uh, Barry Kitson, mostly doing the art. Yeah. You gotta be Kitson me. Yeah. <laughs> and do I, uh, let's see here. Yeah, I guess that's covering it, man. Uh, no love for Final Crisis? No, uh, no. Not for me. Uh, hmm. well, Electric Mayhem, our boy Matthias, uh, shouts out John's Green Lantern run. We've got Dave Jordan, another vote for 100 Bullets. He also votes for Six Gun, but for the 2010s. Uh, Dennis Menard, dot a man on the, on the interwebs, uh, is why the last man in Transmet. For the aughts, so maybe transmit overlap. Probably went into both decades because there were some votes for transmit for sure. Uh, Singing Superman's not getting any votes mm, for real. Mm, mm, no, nope. that's crazy. There you go. Well, if we're gonna give more, I mean, I, I would say uh, Seven Soldiers of Victory would be my choice for him for the aughts. Okay. Um, yeah, that's I, a good. That's, one. I love that's that. fair. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay. So that's about we got, and then we got the tens, which is pretty much now. It's it's, it, but it also was largely the time that we've been doing the show. So yeah. Uh, so if you want to hear all that, you just listen to everything we did. True. Although my my choices off the top of my list were uh, were scalped. Uh, no surprise there. American Vampire again. No surprise. Uh, Mr. Rugs Aphrodisiac, still mm. one of my favorite works of all time. Uh, East of West. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Hickman and uh, uh, Lock and Key, uh, which was really ridiculous uh, from start to finish, and, and amazing, amazing, amazing. And last but not least for me would be Saga. Uh, again, not a surprise, but but I do think it is certainly worthy of the praise that it gets. Uh, see, I have Infinity on my list. Uh, <laughs> I do agree with you on the. Um, Saga in East of West, I added Black Sad. Oh, uh, nice. That's a good one. I should have, yeah, I didn't think of that. That was, um, uh, and, and I will, I'll, I'll move my sixth gun to the, uh, 2010s. <laughs> I really gotta read that. That and, and Wasteland. I really gotta get on the ball with mm. those. Books. Wasteland, I, yeah, I'd put Wasteland in the 2000s. Oh, it just, uh, I, it, we're going back, but I, it is, uh, no, none of us mentioned eight ball. For in the nineties for Dan Clowns, which is ridiculous because that was certainly worthy of praise. Yeah, these shows are so damn hard mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. I just happened to scrolling looking for responses and Kenny Keel had mentioned that with his nineties choices. So yes. I'm gonna make it easy for me, uh for the the twenty tens. Image, image and more image. 
Yeah. At, well, also, I um, mean, uh, great stuff at Marvel currently, but Image, the, the, the casting a huge shadow on the entire industry. They're just, just doing amazing I work. Have, um, Saga. I have Superior Spider-Man on mine and amazing. I have, um, uh, there's Wade's Daredevil. Uh, there was, um, Death, Deathstroke for the first, you know, year or eight issues. Uh, OMAC. Um, yeah. And yep. actually, and I also had the, um, I, I was going to have the John Byrne OMAC mini from, uh, was it? I was going to say that too, yeah. right. That, that's 80s, that, yeah, right? Yeah, I want to say that's late 80s because that, that came out after Man of Steel or right around it. Um, Tale of Sand. Damn it. How did I not remember that? <laughs> boy, I love it when the boy gets scooped. Um, there's, uh. Doesn't happen often. It doesn't. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, super spy, a, mind management. Yeah, Shit, mind, mind management. management. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's, you know. That's another creator I need to go back and get those books that I, uh, re- stupidly overlooked. Mm-hmm. And Jason's been praising him since day true. one. True. Yeah. True, yep. true. I know what's up every now and then. <laughs> uh, I would, I would also, I just reread it. Uh, well, and caught up. I, I would definitely, for me on the DC side, I'd have to shout out um, uh, Wonder Woman, Cliff Chang and Azarella. Yes, definitely. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that's that's really good stuff. It's, it was good from start to finish. So, most def, most definitely. Are they going to change the uh, direction of the book with the new creative yes. team? Like, oh, there's been boy. much controversy about that actually. Yeah, because I, well, I, I see Wonder Woman just glaze over. I don't pay attention. Oh, dude, one another one I have to mention. I I I didn't think of it, but I just happened to see it when I was looking something else up for on the new X Men. Uh, Gail Simone's Secret Six. I freaking loved that book. Uh, yeah. in, in the in the mid two thousands. Uh, and it was and the predecessor was what Villains United. Yes, yes, yes. There was Villains United. Um, and and then there was uh, then there was a Secret Six miniseries, and then there was the ongoing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even the, the, all those miniseries leading up into, uh, Infinite Crisis were really good. The Ranth Anagar War was fun yeah, too. Yeah. True, true. Yeah. I, I also really dug, um, Simone's other book, uh, what was it called? Uh, the, the one with the, uh, Birds of Prey. Yes, Birds of Prey, thank you, thank you. Yeah. When it was her and, um, not Eddie Barrows, but, uh, Ed Bennis. Ed Bennis was on that book. Yeah. I think Ed Benistra's nice women. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he, he yeah. Does. It's, it's so redundant and, to even say that. Turn to collar and tie, but the women are nice. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. Elephant men. Oh. Yeah. See, we, I, I, I'm gonna, yeah. well, I'm gonna give Jason and that. We were so focused on the, the 70s, 80s, and 90s that, you know, the current stuff we're just glossing over because we're reading it now. Shaky cane, come on. Bulletproof coffin. Yeah, it was, I mean, sure. It's all it's image, man. Everybody else should just stop publishing comics and let's just, it's let image do it all. There you go. Does that work for you guys? Uh, and no. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we got my management in there though, cause we would have felt like, yeah, run that. Yes. Super dope. Super dope. can just get spawn back on track. My world would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, you're only oh, one, well. you're one issue away, buddy. So next, what do you mean? I'm saying the next issue of any comic could always be the start of something. It's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> right? 
Yeah. Two fifty's coming up. There you go. Yep. That's what I'm talking about. I'm gonna whisper sweet nothings in Todd's ear as he sleeps. Mm-hmm. Change the book. After like Archie. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm a little bit cross with Archie though. Just a I got a bad taste. I got a bad taste in my mouth with this whole three ninety nine uh price increase. Mm. And and I you come on, how many times have I praised Archie in the past? I love the company, I love the books they produce. I don't think they're worth four dollars. Aside from Afterlife. Afterlife is definitely worth four bucks a copy. Right, right. Sonic is a fun book. It's not worth four bucks. Mm. Not, not doing okay. it. Yeah. Well, listen, we would love to hear everybody's thoughts on this on the forums, which can be found where, David? Uh, <laughs> let's say bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum. Woot, woot. Or you could just make it easy on yourself and go to 11oclockcomics.com. It's with two ones. And one one. One one, correct. One, one, and, oh, and you could also, we're happy to discuss this matter on our Facebook page, which you can join uh, the group if you'd send an invitation or a request. We will happily accept you as long as you're not a bot. And if you're a bot, you're likely not understanding what I'm saying right now anyway. Uh, and you can find us on the Twitters, uh, at least two of us. Vince has given up on the Twitters, I think. Yeah, I love the Facebook, man. He loves the I Facebook love it. now. But uh, <laughs> if he's, Vince occasionally will look at the Twitter, so he's at Vince Bon, Vince B-O-N. David yeah. is at David A. Price, all one Twitter word. And I'm at J.B. Wood, which is J-A-Y, the letter B, and the last name Wood. Uh, and we're – David and I are very – David and I take your – our community seriously, so we are we are available <laughs> on, on Twitter and Facebook on a regular basis. Oh, my God. He's sort of like a Where's Waldo. You just have to figure out where his flight of fancy is in a given day, and oh. that's where he'll be. Oh. I am I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I am flighty. David. Yes, sir. Post bros. We forgot the post bros. We did. We forgot particle dreams. We forgot anything. We forgot shatter. Uh, yes. <laughs> shatter. <laughs> digital, digital justice, man. Digital justice. Ah, uh, those are the days. How about the Batman 3D by John Byrne? How about that? Stop, stop, stop. stop. Yeah, how about that? All right, in your travels. What? Well, we're done the topic, dude. You did no, you didn't. You don't dig on the Batman 3D. Nah, son. <laughs> <laughs> Shut my ass down. Nah, son. Uh, as this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics has been brought to you by DCB Service, DCBService.com. There's a reason why they named it Discount Comic Book Service is because you'll get your books for far less than that price printed on the cover. 30, a lot, you get a lot off. Uh, like I said this week, drawn in quarterly, uh, Gilbert Hernandez's bumper head, $12.07. The Dark Horse, uh, Prometheus, Aliens, Fire and Stone series are both a buck 75. Get in on that. And Charles Burns' Sugar Skull graphic novel. Finish this story out in style, $12.65. Not gonna get it cheaper anywhere else. It's, you're not. DCBService.com. In your travels, Wow, I got um, caught up on the, the saga, and it's uh, gangbusters, and I love it to death. What else did I read? Um, oh, Jason was going to read up to 20. Yes. Uh, here's something that really, really surprised me, and um, I'm not meaning in, in a way where you know I didn't think these creators had it in them, but I absolutely adored the previews 
of this Archer and Armstrong Quantum and Woody crossover thing they got going on. It 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 was funny as hell, and it was like four three pages in this this Valiant uh, pull box preview thing. It, it captivated me so much. I jumped on the DCB service and I said, you know what? I screwed up. Sign me up for this miniseries. I want to order the first one and I ordered the second one this month. It, it was just really well done, entertaining, funny comics. Uh, who who's writing this thing? Um, let's see. Does it say? Oh, I'm being stupid and I'm taking up airtime here. Uh, we got. Yeah, I know. It doesn't really. Uh, it doesn't say. Oof, bad form, dude. That is bad form. No, not me bad on this valiant thing. I think it's James Asmus and um, Van Lentier writing it, and um, Kano is doing the art. Okay. I'm pretty sure, but it's just really sharp stuff. So it's called the Delinquents. Get in on that. Do it. Yeah. Nice. What you talk about, David? I am going to say I am catching up on this book because it's uh, it's it's been a while with everything else I've been reading. I'm going to say you know what? Go ahead and check yourself some of uh, before you wreck yourself. Yeah, some Captain America written by Mr. Rick Remender. Oh, nice. You're controversial, my boy. By uh, Carlos Pacheco and the issues I'm reading, Carlos Pacheco and uh, Klaus Jansen. Arnim Zola's 23-year-old daughter. Yes. Super super pretty artwork on that. I saw it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, I, I really enjoyed Pacheco's work, um, on Avengers Forever. I enjoyed him when he was inked by Jesus Marino on the Superman stuff. Um, yeah. And then he came back to Marvel and, and the Super Soldier and the ultimate Oof. stuff he was yes. doing wasn't really feeling it. Oh, <gasps> uh, really? You don't like his ultimate universe stuff? Absolutely. Not when he came back. Oh man, uh, I think it's awesome. It. And then, yeah, you've been and stuff too, so. He, <laughs> And now, uh, he, uh, with, I guess, with Klaus inking him, there was a little bit, especially the, the double page spreads, there was, it was like a hint of Romita Jr. still there. And, uh, but it was, it's strange to say that Pacheco's work was a little cleaner with, with Klaus inking him more so than I'm, it, it still looked a little bit like, Carlos, like I'm used to, the good stuff that I'm used to, but Klaus wasn't as, um, scratchy or gritty as, as he tends to be when I see him on, on Ramita or Miller or someone like that. But, uh, no, I am, I am catching up because it's, it's, uh, like I said, there have been so many other things I've been reading and enjoying and, and I, uh, I'm tired of dragging my feet on this, so I, I wanted to get back into it and, and, and I'm quite happy with it. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, one other mention, uh, relative to our sponsor, our beloved sponsor, their sister site, In Stock Trades, has just done something which I think has been in high demand for many of our listeners for a long time, which is they have totally revamped their international shipping. Oh. So now there are shipping costs based on the weight of your order, and you can either do, uh, and there's also, um, with different tiers, so it's gonna be much more affordable for people. Because I know we have a lot of outside of the U.S. listeners who often will say to us, I would love to support DCBS, but it's not worth it to me because of the shipping costs. Well, they have taken that 
criticism to heart. And so I would ask you to do us a favor and give them another try. I, I offhand don't know. It probably depends where you live and how much you're buying, but certainly it looks like it's a much more feasible option that will uh, give you back to, you know, the savings that you would get from, from the awesome discounts they give you. So, um, I'm going to give you a list of creators and you guys are going to tell me what they have in common. Ready? Vince, don't sound so excited. Jeez. No, I, uh, <laughs> man, I can't even breathe anymore. Seriously. Okay. I'm going to, it's a long list. Uh-huh. Okay. Scott Schneider, Steve Niles, Justin Jordan, Cullen Bunn, Paul Tobin, Dwayne Srozinski, Tom Taylor, F. Paul Wilson, Tim Seeley, Margaret Bennett, Brian Keene, Chris Sabella, Matthew Smith, James Tinian, Sean Williams, Steve Seeley, Michael Morisi, Jody Luke, Ed Brisson, Mike Oliveri, Nate Southard, Valerie D'Arazio, Declan Shalvey, Trad Moore, Dalibor Talajic, Tyler Jenkins, Damian Worm, Andy Belanger, Patrick Reynolds, Robert Wilson, Stephen Green, Mark Laming, our boy, woot woot, Christian Wildgoose, Douglas Holgate, Brian Level, Chris Dabari, Mike Henderson, Allison Sampson, John Sawyer, Drew Moss, someone that David and I met uh, at uh, HeroesCon, Thomas Boatwright, David Cole, Eric Donovan, someone that I met at uh, HeroesCon, Todd Galusha, and this is probably going to give it away, last but certainly not least, Rachel Deering. Okay, they are all contributors contributors to the lit, to the anthology uh, you have in your hand right now. Correct. <laughs> in the Dark, a horror anthology which was oh, yes. curated by Rachel Deering. It was a Kickstarter, which I backed, which is how I got my copy, but it has since been released by IDW. It is a 250-page full-color 9 by 12 and a half inch oversized hardcover horror anthology with all those amazing creators. And I'm about a third of the way through it, and it's fantastic. Vince, you would love it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is pure horror. There's This This is not uh, kitty PG horror. This is legit creepy, crypt creeper, all that kind of stuff horror. So... Uh, it's, love, it, I love Rachel's stuff. Yeah, it's a blast, and she did a great job with this book, from from the choice of creators to the layout to the to the uh, to the design of the book. So it um, it's definitely worth your attention. Uh, it, it's it's fantastic. Speaking of of Mark Lamming, have you seen his all new Invaders? Yes, and have you seen the Fantastic Four pages he's been working on? Yeah, drop the mic. Just get out. Drop the freaking mic. Mark's killing it. He's unbelievable. He's killing it. He, he, He's a bottle rocket. He's not going to be unlike a bottle rocket. He's not going to fizzle out after a time. He is just ascending like. Oh yeah, cool. oh yeah. He's he's one of the. He's. I believe I saw Somni this week say something to the effect of. Uh, he. I don't want to paraphrase, but he he essentially gave Laming the uh, the 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 the, se- the Somni seal of approval. <laughs> nice. So, Rightly so. Yes. I think he's incredible. I I couldn't yep. agree more. Yep. All right, everybody. Uh, marathon episode this week. Hope you loved it. We did. Uh, we will be back again next week. The very same place you found this one. Go there when the time is right, and we'll be waiting for you because, as always, we love you so much, and we can't do it without you. David loves you, and Jason loves you. Vince says I love you. I do. They know I love them. That's pretty obvious. 
Mm-hmm. Even though you can shit on me whenever you get an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> Why you gotta bring up Diodato, man? Because you do. Because I just read Original Sin 5. Oh, I didn't yet, yeah. Let, no, just let me no say rush. something. You, you gotta, you gotta frame this. Oh, For any, yeah. any, any kind of comic. This stuff is not easy. Making comics is not easy. Alright, I give you pencil and paper, you reproduce something of the caliber of Diodato. Do it. You can't, because that's, it's tough. Diodato can't. I respect people that can do this, and he can do it. Is he? Maybe he? Maybe he'll he, cut a corner he, here he and there. Run a studio That's for okay. that where people do it. I get it. But how many times in, in this episode alone did you did you snicker or sigh at the mention of certain books that you didn't think were up? To you, man, you read stuff into my my bodily uh, functions now. Oh, come on. You can't play that. You cannot play that card of you trying to do it. That's ridiculous. It's tough. That's like saying that that anyone can never be critical of anything they're a fan of. That's no, that's not true. You can be critical of it, but you have to, you have to just have a little bit of compassion in the, in, in the, as far as the process is what concerned. What does he need our compassion for? He's doing the Marvel's biggest event book and getting paid probably $500 a page for it. I don't think he needs our compassion. And it's not bad. It's, it's not, it doesn't transgress against anything. Well, it's, you know. Have you seen, have you seen issue five? I have, uh, five come out last week? Yes. Yes, I have it. I haven't read it though. Well, we'll let me get to the alien species with the, with oh, the, uh, photoshopped horse heads on them, uh, that, uh, literally pulled out of a clip art book, but that's cool. But it's, but, but, do you know how hard it is to right click and drag Jason? From, yeah, from, I, from I, a picture. I, I can't believe it, that card. Number one, it's not that, that easy. That card's getting this after he gets all high and mighty about I thought there was nothing. I gotta defend these people. All, it's beautiful. I, it may not be perfect, but it, all art is beautiful in its own, in its, its own, own way. way. <laughs> I can find something of value in anybody's work. Yes, yes, you can now. Yes. Because yes. yes. it ain't. It ain't easy. If, if it was easy, everybody, everybody would exactly. do it. Exactly. But and that's the thing. Everybody can do it. It's just that some. <laughs> you could make a comic. I'm not saying it's going to revolutionize the comic world or, or be any. You know, but you can definitely. Make, you can do it. And that, and it would be unique to you, and it would be special. Right, we we typically celebrate elevation of the craft. Sure, we do. I know that, right? But I, everybody has it within them to make art. That is true, but I, I didn't think that was our bar that we were trying to leap over. Right. It's not Showing true. up at the office isn't worth celebrating. Right. Yeah, you don't, you don't get a reward just because you showed up on time or early before your shift. There's not a union here. We're not getting, we're not, we're not Uh-oh. getting full credit for just because we punched the clock. Good so Theodato's okay on Original Sin, but we're still going to carry on about LaRocca's supersized man hands <laughs> from that spectacular <laughs> sensational Spider-Man annual. They were pretty ago. big pants, yeah. but maybe maybe he was shooting for a comment there. Like Peter's Peter's long in the pants. I don't know. So wait, why aren't you thoroughly enjoying Spawn at this point? I mean, art is every art is beautiful. It is. It's beautiful, but not for the Spawn. Oh, That's, I'm, I'm sure Diodato, if he was drawing a, a, an issue of Horse and Hound, would be killing it. But he's unfortunately drawing a cosmic book right now. Dude, dude embrace. Love it. <laughs> But it is it's not for what you want it to be. Unlike myself, who wants that guy off spawn as exactly. soon as possible. <laughs> well, because I, I don't want to end on a negative note, I will say the uh, I I read in its entirety uh, after seeing a few pages in advance 
Scotty's Rocket Raccoon number one. Oh, I read it. I freaking, did. I knew it would look great. Yeah. Uh, and I should have known it would read great, but it was genuinely mm-hmm. witty and funny from start to finish. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and he gave Rocket Raccoon a personality, uh, that was terrific. He's, he was a wise ass and I love that he was hitting on the ladies. It was, it was yep. great. I thought it was absolutely great. So I'm so proud of that yeah, man. Absolutely. So proud. Of, and it's not one of those, yeah, I knew him when I'm genuinely, it really does my heart good to see how far Scotty has come and just the magic that dude is working on the pages and that people are responding. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the best part. When you see a, a dude making that many people happy and Scotty has a genuine love for comics. He's not, yeah, I mean, he's cashing the checks, but he just loves to make comics. It just does my heart good. I love that man. Absolutely. And the fact that he put my name in the first book. Jesus, yeah, that helps. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see your name in the book. This, I know. I'll take, I'm Mike Wazowski. I'll take it, man. I Whatever. Don't worry about that. I would do. Yeah. There you I'm go. All right, everybody. We'll see. Oh, sorry. I said I'm just jealous. Yeah, well, you should be. Um, again, be with her, us here next week. We love you so much. And this is the real uh, ending. Next week's yes. special guest, Mike Diodato. Say goodnight, David. Goodnight, David. Night, Mike. Goodnight, Mr. Ed. <laughs> Guys are mean.